Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Our Lady of the Angels Hospital, discussing the 2013 supernatural horror sequel, Insidious Chapter 2. This film was directed by James Wan from a screenplay by Lee Winnell. Insidious Chapter 2 reunites the cast and crew for another venture into the further, picking right up where the first film left off. This film provides an exploration and explanation of the ghoulish happenings experienced by the Lambert family in the first film, while also keeping with the themes, tone, and atmosphere we've come to expect. Though the film received mixed reviews from critics, it proved to be a box office success, setting the stage for future entries in the franchise. So, Insidious Chapter 2, what were your first impressions on the film? So I'll I'll say this at the beginning because I um I I don't know why mm-hmm. but I as I watch this movie again I like the Insidious movie. Well, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> like I would defend these movies for some weird reason. Uh huh. Um, and I know this one isn't the greatest, but I still really enjoyed watching this movie. Uh, there are some parts that were kind of I was like, come on, but um, <laughs> for the most part, I did like the movie. Mm-hmm. We've what seen it maybe a couple of times. I maybe. Right. I think I only watched it once. You wow. may have seen it more than yeah. that. Yeah. I think I watched it one or two other times. I might have watched it with the kids. Yeah. Um, but I I like the movie. I really do. I don't know why. I think it's just the like the the world they created here and the way they did it mm-hmm. and it it does look good and i there was moments in the movie i was telling your sister last night where i was like oh shit what's gonna happen you know i was <laughs> tense and i was like fuck but I, I i do i did enjoy the movie i really really liked it the first time i saw it because of the way that it ties into the first one mm-hmm. and i still really love that aspect of it mm-hmm. but watching it for the show it had a lot of issues that i didn't <laughs> well yeah clock i guess when i had watched it before Mm -hmm. i guess some like continuity stuff some stuff that just flat out doesn't logistically make sense right uh subplot that's kind of abandoned that's a little problematic t and i were talking Mm -hmm. last night Mm -hmm. um i don't know (laughs) i mean i love like you said the this universe that they created i think visually it's really great oh yeah juan really knows how to create suspense Mm mm-hmm it, for me, it, it it's the story a little bit. Well, yeah. Um, and I feel like I was, and we'll get to it, I know, but I was a little caught off guard literally in the first scene by some overdubbing. Oh, my uh, God. And then so I'm already a little rocked before anything's <laughs> even happened yet. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I still like it. Don't get right. me wrong. I'm, I'll watch it again, mm. especially since I really, really do love the first one and it oh, ties yeah. in. The moments that tie in, tie in perfectly. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's when they kind of try to venture off and, no, this is a new story. I'm like, hold on. Like, (laughs) you're doing too much. But I like it. I don't love it. Right. I I mean, I think that's fair. For me, I I love this film series. Right. Like you do. I know you both do. Yeah. I just love James Wan and Lee Winnell working together. Right. And I think that they're such a creative and interesting duo. Mm -hmm. And so I will literally watch anything that they make. No, for sure. But they don't all knock it out of the park. Well, let's, I mean... (laughs) 
I do want to give full disclosure that Lee Winnell does follow me on Twitter. Well, here we go. And, uh, <laughs> so y'all are basically so best friends. <laughs> we go way back, <laughs> having interacted maybe twice. <laughs> but I, I do want to say that I obviously do think that the first film is the stronger film when you compare them. Right. But I think for me, the only way, or at least the best way to watch this film is a double feature. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because oh, it, yeah. it genuinely, you understand chapter two because it's literally almost finishing the sentence that the yeah. first one started. Right. Well, it really feels like it's just, I mean, I know it is technically part two, but it, it it's almost like it's the same movie. It's yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, the way that it flows which I love. I love like Halloween too. Oh, like yeah. we pick up, but it's yeah. like, no, y'all thought we were done. Like I just, I like that. I think, and I do appreciate that they did that. A lot of sequels will pick up like years later. Yeah. I, it takes me back to Halloween too. Yeah. Where it's literally the same fucking night. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that and I'm glad you said that, but I enjoyed Halloween too because of that. You loved Halloween yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the music was getting it on yeah. there. So. Hey, speaking of music, the fucking music. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. It's, but you come to expect that. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is that you bring back the crew from Insidious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of these people worked with James Wan on The Conjuring as well. Yeah. All right. And so you've got kind of like your blueprint and you know that these people you're working with the crew you're working with mm-hmm. it's gonna be something good yeah oh, yeah you got fucking joseph bashara who of course i gotta be honest i don't know how he writes this <laughs> 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 i just know that it is it has a direct line as nay would say to my scaredy bone yes right. and it works amazingly the right. title card in this i was like fuck they did yeah. it again <laughs> Dude, i swear to god it's it the most me every time like frightening noise yeah. <laughs> i've ever heard i don't know how you do that i think he chatted with the devil to find yeah. out yeah, no, he went to hell and took music lessons yeah <laughs> with the robot devil huh? yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> but i think that as nay had said that there's something with the story and maybe some of the characterization yeah. that i feel like could have used a little more work perhaps mm-hmm. but i love how they play with time and they enrich all these moments from the first film with this oh, film. Yeah. that's uh by far my favorite part of mm-hmm. this like i said it's just when they're like well let's go back to the past it's like uh. well, y'all i don't know it just kind of i don't want to say it completely falls apart for me but it's like okay like i I just don't i don't necessarily know that we need it all i think it makes me laugh because they're like well you thought yeah Yeah. but actually (laughs) and they do that a lot yeah Yeah. i mean (laughs) once is fine yeah Yeah. y'all are doing too much like i said i mean i i appreciate it like i'll say 75 percent of the time (laughs) but i did want to read this quote that made me laugh it was from james wan in an interview he did with Complex, because this is the first sequel he's ever done. Mm-hmm. And so he had said that after his experience with Saw, that watching what the franchise turned into yeah. after he bailed, yeah. he's like, I want to be hands on. I and bet. The, <laughs> the quote that he said, he goes, if anyone's going to fuck up my franchise, it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got to respect yeah. it. <laughs> Now, before we trap this film in the further, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's roll the dice. Now, this film obviously relies heavily on having already seen Insidious. If you haven't, we suggest you go watch it or go listen to episode 23 of our show as a refresher.
So the film begins with opening credits reminiscent of the first film in style and music before cutting to a car parking on the curb just outside of an amazing but kind of spooky looking house. Mm-hmm. I thought of you because it said an Orin Pelly production. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, all I'll say is that I, I'm not sure what he did on this film, right. but literally everything I watched production-wise was just Jason Blum. Well, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I mean... I, did he call the set? How's everything? <laughs> How's everything going? Put me on there. Yeah. yeah. First, though. <laughs> it, it is first. It is. Now, for all I know, he was there every day. Yeah. <laughs> so don't well, listen to me. Regardless of how involved he was, I did think of you. I was like, he's going to love that. Fantastic. <laughs> I think he did the first one, too. So I guess it's just part of the course. <laughs> but a blonde woman steps out of the car and climbs the steps to knock on the front door. We get on-screen text reading, Lambert Residence, 1986. Young Lorraine Lambert, played by Jocelyn Donahue, answers the door. You might remember her from yes. Dr. Sleep. Uh-huh. She was Abra's mom. Oh, all right. So Josh grew up in that scary-ass house. Yeah. <laughs> that, thing, that looked fucking scary. It wasn't scary to him. It was his well, house. He's like, that's my home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Yeah. The scariest fucking house you ever saw. That's where I live. But I was like, damn. Like, it's like, it's poor town. Yeah. <laughs> I think my thing is like, everybody in these movies has really amazing houses. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what do you do? Is yeah. this like the fucking House Hunter show where they're like, you know, uh, I count beans for a living. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and our budget is $8 million. <laughs> but the woman at the door introduces herself as Elise Rainier, played by Lindsay Syme, but clearly voiced by Lynn Shea. Yeah. Well, I, look, <laughs> she looks like her young. She yes. does. So I was like, okay, I can forget the anime dub. I was like, this is, <laughs> I was like, I'm. I I know you didn't like it too much. I did but. not care for it. And the second that she stepped out of her car and I saw her little cropped pants, I knew exactly who yeah. she was. Because uh-huh. I'm like, so you're basically making her wear the exact same outfit that she's wearing in how many years? 30 uh, years from now? I don't, I don't hey, know. Well, right. well, calm down because I'm 30 and I already <laughs> dress like <laughs> basically Larry David. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was enough. We knew right, exactly right. who she was. Yeah, She could have had a little bit of, um, I don't, I don't want to say more youthful voice. Lynn Shea's voice is so, I, I would say iconic at this right, point. Right. I literally wrote iconic. That, yeah. <laughs> You know, y'all didn't need to do, to do all that. That's, maybe that's just me well, being I mean, nitpicky. But I was like, what the fuck? Well, maybe she just didn't sound like her. So they're like, look, we've got a choice. We've got to do <laughs> I did see because they had said that in one of the trailers, the actress's voice was used. Right. And so I went and watched it. I mean, she's just it's a normal voice. It's not right. anything like. Uh, she doesn't sound like Pee Wee Herman when he does that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so it's it's a normal yeah. human voice. When he does that thing. Well, you know what he does. I can't do it. But. <laughs> the <throat> thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so. You know, she, if that's what she sounded like, I fucking get yeah. it. That's fine. Dub it over. I get I, it. I would have understood her voice was fine. <laughs> right. I think I agree with Nay because Lin Shay's voice is so Lin Shay. Right, right. And so to see it coming out of some anybody else yeah. Yeah. It's like, is wait, like what? this is weird. And it's very clear that they recorded it with this actress's voice. Oh yeah. And then overdubbed. Yeah. And so when you see that the things don't hundred percent line up yeah. no. all the time, you're like, Why did you do it at all? Yeah. I just I mean, what was the forethought? 
I don't know. No, that it, she. I don't know. They're well, not going to know it's Elise. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just weird. Even though she introduces herself, yes, and she looks just fucking like her. The casting is amazing. It's yeah. great. Oh, I don't yeah. know. This is such a like stupid hill to yeah, die I on. But I did not care. But for I it. have died on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that Jocelyn Donahue is a pretty good young stand-in for Barbara Hershey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She even kind of has her mannerisms. Yeah, yeah. that was Very really good. good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> Are they? Is she lip syncing Barbara Hershey? <laughs> yeah. See, that was the that other thing. I was like, "What are we doing much. here?" <laughs> it's just too much. But Lorraine apologizes for it being so late, saying that with her day job, raising her son has kind of become her night job. But Elise tells her it's no trouble. Honestly, with her job, things tend to only happen when it's dark. But Elise steps inside with Lorraine, noticing her friend, young Carl, played by Hank Harris, kneeling at the side of the table with equipment and headphones on. Did anybody else think that this was Gary Cole for a second? Not even. <laughs> okay. Not even for a millisecond. Yeah, no, me neither. Oh. <laughs> Is that just for the people that might have you're trying to? No, I, I definitely I thought it was Gary Cole. And I got excited because Gary Cole is like in everything. He's in shit that you don't remember him being in. Yeah, that's true. So it, it's not him, guys. Yeah. No, it's not. For anyone that was thinking. <laughs> not me. No. I do want to say that I can't be certain, but I feel like young Carl is rocking a fake beard. I, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. And I say young Carl because of timelines. Yeah. Not because he's like a SoundCloud yeah, rapper yeah. or anything. <laughs> Little Carl. Yeah. <laughs> but Elise lifts one of his headphones to say hello to him and they hug Carl thanking her for coming. He says with everything going on, she was the only person that he thought to call. And after a few pleasantries and a bit of teasing, Elise gets down to business with Lorraine. But Elise confirms that it's Lorraine's son, Josh, that's being affected. And Carl chimes in that something is following him. He tells Lorraine simply, show her, before pulling Elise aside to let her know that he's done all the standard checks to ensure this is legitimate. Medical records, mental health tests, and everything is normal. But that's when he saw the photos. Lorraine hands them to Elise, saying that she noticed it a few weeks ago, thinking that it was just a problem with the camera, but soon she knew that it was more. Elise looks at the photos of young Josh, played by Garrett Ryan. In them, and in various situations, we see a dark figure in the background slowly and surely getting closer to Josh as Elise cycles through them. Carl says he's interviewed Josh, but Josh is too afraid to tell him anything. Carl admits that he's afraid too. He says there's something in this house that doesn't want him here. It, it, he, but he like pulls it to the side and tells her and the mom's right there yeah <laughs> it's like she can hear you dude. just yeah. well she's like well why didn't you fucking tell yeah. me that shit? Like, <laughs> you did never once that's mentioned the, it that's the note that Oren Pelly gave oh tell is that them right? that you cannot help him <laughs> <laughs> and then leave <laughs> it does not want me here I'll mm -mm. see you guys later <laughs> But Elise reaches the last photo and we see Josh seated on the couch and a ghostly hand reaching out to him Elise kindly asks if she can meet Josh. So I'm not saying this is like a great reason not to have children, mm. but <laughs> <laughs> but it's a reason. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but through an old video camera, we see Josh seated in a chair. Elise introducing herself to him from behind the camera and telling him that she has a couple of questions. She starts off simple, asking if he likes living here and if any kids his age live nearby. Yes and yes. But then she asks if there is anything he doesn't like about the house, and he tenses up a bit, saying that he has bad dreams sometimes. Elise is like, you like living in this scary house? <laughs> <laughs> you like this shit? It's like, and you're surprised there's yeah. fucking... <laughs> the ghost came with the terror. They're your roommates. 
But Josh goes silent when Elise asks him what happens in those dreams. Hitting a brick wall, Elise tells Josh that she'd like to try something with him and promises that it won't hurt. So we cut to Josh, still seated in the chair, but with the lights off and surrounded by lit candles. His eyes closed, Elise tells him to relax as she starts a metronome. She tells him to focus on the rhythmic ticking and to tune everything else out. She then tells him to feel himself getting sleepier, and within two seconds, says they're now inside his dream. Like, jet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's something that happens later. Oh, my God. I was laughing, yeah. but we'll get to it. Yeah, I was like, he must have already been. <laughs> <laughs> He's really tired. <laughs> but Josh tells her that he sees himself sleeping in bed, only he's not in his bedroom. He's somewhere dark. He says it's always dark here, and when asked, he says he isn't alone. She's here. She says she's a friend, and she visits Josh every night. Lorraine puts her hand to her throat like, holy shit. Personally, I've never understood this gesture. Mm-hmm. Are you, like, guarding your neck meat just in case? Yeah. <laughs> like, You're grasping at your pearls, even yeah. if they're not um, there. So it's, <laughs> is that, like, evolution is just yeah. made you? <laughs> My word. Yeah. yeah. Heavens to <laughs> Betsy. <laughs> Well, I never, you yeah. know, in that yeah. You have to say, well, she didn't say any of those things. So and I was, she did in her head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should have done voiceover. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but Elise asks where she is right now because she'd like to talk to her, but Josh goes silent. This is when Elise decides to call an audible, whispering to Carl and then telling Josh that they're going to play a new game, hot and cold. So I want to call out, we talked about this on the Conjuring 2 episode. Right. Episode 36. Um <laughs> Where James Wan seems to have a knack for showing you the layout of the house. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one of the more interesting ways that he's done it. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't the only time that we're going to be in this house. Right. No. And so he's like, this is where the kitchen is. This is how you get to this place. This is why these scares are going to work later. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's a way that's organic. It's not like, you know, like a sweeping shot or something. like No you know, she needs to be wandering through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's usually a sweeping shot. Well, I mean, it's not just a sweep. Yeah. It, it serves. Is yeah. my point. <laughs> you like belittled him. He's like, what the f- I'm yeah. doing my best. <laughs> That's not what I meant, James. He listens. I'm Mr. Watt. Yeah. Well, if Lee Winnell's my best friend, <laughs> who knows? Then he knows our intentions. We can only hope. But Elise explains that she'll walk through the house and he'll tell her if she's getting warmer or colder. She makes her way through the kitchen and the dining room, the camera sweeping to follow her. Did you see that the light fixture in the dining room was swinging back and mm-hmm. forth? There are like little yeah. like moments of horror. Yeah, already it, it, it was like subtle, not yeah. just like like pendulum swinging. Yeah, was, you could have yeah. missed it. I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about. I can't remember the third and fourth Insidious films very well, mm-hmm. but in the first two, you really have to investigate like every bit of the frame. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah. there's shit that is hidden. And we'll get to one later. Right. That's very reminiscent of something from the first film. Mm-hmm. But, I think uh, I know what you're talking about. It's just genius. Yeah. But initially in their game, Josh tells her over a radio that she's cold. But when she makes it to the bottom of the staircase, he tells her she's getting warmer. So she heads up. We dip down from the light fixture in Josh's bedroom that the first film opened with, if you recall. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. The light turning on before Elise even enters the room, which again... The yeah. fact that whatever's in there is like, oh, no, come on. In. Yeah. Like, it's not even <laughs> I'm going to make it dark to scare you. It's like, no, come in. Right. I feel like I'd rather if I have a ghost in the house, I'd rather they're a little like 
not so gung ho about like talking to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, cause this is like, he is wanting whatever is yeah. going on. The ghost is inviting you in, oh, yeah. right. which is never a good thing. Except Casper seemed well, nice. Well, sometimes, yeah. I mean, they were friends, yeah. right? He was the friendly ghost. Well, I guess that tracks. He was. <laughs> but didn't he have like some uncles or cousins yeah. or some shit? They, no, were, they assholes, were fucking assholes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a lesson that like, you know, family's more than blood or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know he's hypnotized. So is he seeing through her eyes or is he like astro projecting himself? Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't, um, I mean, before when he's asleep, he's doing it kind of involuntary, right? Yeah. This time she put him under. How is he still able to see where he's she's like going? He's like warm. How the fuck, yeah. are you? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You're in the living room. Yeah. He's just guessing. <laughs> and, and to answer your question, they've not explained it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but for it's effective. Yeah, no, it is. I, I, do, I did enjoy all this. I, I think it's, again, it's the bringing of something. Like, this is just a childish game. Right, right. Yeah. Everybody played as kids or whatever. Yeah. And now it's this thing that is dark and creepy. Yeah, yeah. well, like the clap game yeah. and the oh, conjuring. Yeah. Like, you can very easily mm -hmm. take something that's fun and innocent and make it fucking... Yeah. Like, I will never <laughs> play this game with my kids. Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen what happens. It's funny you bring up the conjuring because James Wan, in an interview with Collider, he had talked about how doing the first insidious film he brought stuff that he learned into the conjuring ah all right then doing the conjuring he brought stuff he learned into insidious chapter two nice that's how it should yeah. be to kind of grow and yeah but the other thing that's just like a little side note is that insidious chapter two came out two months after the conjuring so uh, god damn yeah. it was a busy uh yeah. yeah time for him because honestly i think that he was prepping for fast seven. Oh, yeah, that's i Pun intended. Yeah. Switching gears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. But as soon as Elise steps inside the room, she's told that she's getting warmer. I'm laughing because JP's like, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, because like I said, I know when he's doing it, he's not meaning to do it. But he, you know what I mean? It's yeah. him. She put his ass under. So is he following her around now? Is he able to get up from the chair? Is he... I feel yeah. like if we even got one shot of him like seeing through her eyes or like some, yeah. follow or seeing behind her or right, something, yeah, yeah. like that would explain it. But yeah, like T said, well, they've not uh, explained it. <laughs> I would say like hovering like an over the shoulder. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That's fine because if you're doing like a POV of Elise's hands <laughs> opening the I you know you would have complained. <laughs> I would <laughs> so don't don't even but suggest it. <laughs> so now she's fucking possessed. Yeah. Like, nay. <laughs> Please. You asked for this. <laughs> but Elise looks around, even under his bed, but is somewhat unsettled when the closet door creaks open on its own. Josh tells her that she's getting warmer, and as she approaches the closet, he says, hotter. As she gets closer, he says, it's very hot. Elise pushes the clothes aside and stares into the shadowed void that she's created. Josh begs her to get out of there, but she stands her ground, asking, who are you and what do you want? She breathes heavily, stepping closer, and after a moment of silence, something in the darkness growls and slices the inside of her forearm, and of course, Joseph Bashara's music goes fucking crazy. Yeah. Of course. I feel like she handles this very well for what it is. I know that she like she's in this line of work of like mm -hmm. otherworldly shit or whatever. So like I get you not freaking out when the lights turn on right, or right. like there's growling or whatever mm -hmm. but she was like fucking attacked like yeah. she's yeah. bleeding right now well, and she's just like oh it's in yeah. the closet like i mean like 
She got cut deep. Yeah, it's that bad. fucked her up. Yeah. Like, yeah. This takes it to a whole other level. And I'm not saying she was like super chill about it, but she was very, <laughs> well, no. she was more chill than I would have been. Even when you're used to freaky shit. I, look, I don't know why she put her hand in there. I well, get it, you know, cool, but got you already knew that this thing w- was not friendly. Mm-hmm. Don't put, don't touch it. Well, I mean, you're literally, I mean, it's like the. It was fucking, growling. Maybe she was trying to pet it. No. <laughs> it's like, That's if I just even, calm this yeah. dog okay. down. Oh, okay. so his friend's a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, nah. Yeah, it I was wasn't like, no. a dog. <laughs> but Elise rushes downstairs to tell the others what happened. I have to call out. I love the red light. Yeah. yeah it's coming in from this window they do a lot of interesting things with lights in yeah. this film it even whenever she's looking into the closet there's a blue light that's hitting her face mm-hmm. i it's just great and i heard in interviews james wan was talking about how he kind of took inspiration from italian horror uh-huh. which is right at my fucking alley i was right. about to say so he made this for you yeah i appreciate <laughs> it <laughs> but elise tells lorraine that she's seen what's haunting josh and it's not a friend it's a parasite and she's never felt such a malignant presence James Wan's like malignant, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I can, I'm but I can make that. something fucked up with yeah. that. <laughs> no, but she's not feeling a presence. Like you were literally yeah. fucking physically attacked. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I don't I feel like you're really underselling the fact that you're bleeding right yeah. now. She should have been like, I think someone broke in yeah. and your is hiding in your closet. Like, someone yeah. knifed me up. <laughs> you got like, a goddamn yeah. werewolf. <laughs> hanging out in your kid's closet it's a bigger deal than what y'all are yeah. acting like yeah and nobody's like do you need a bandage yeah. <laughs> you're bleeding out at least <laughs> she's just like in and out of consciousness yeah well i mean but if she's the only one that can kind of her and dude are the only one that can see it or kind of feel it uh-huh. i mean the mom's gonna be like where and right. it's like, uh, I get that, and I don't yeah. mean to tip my hand too early, but I don't feel like Carl is the most useful person on the planet. No, uh, he, I, mean, I get a that use. she still has a job to do, but can we like, I don't know, get her some juice or something? <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> get her some orange juice, yeah. orange juice and a cookie. Yeah. Like when you give blood, she's lost a lot of blood. Yeah. <laughs> is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <My point. laughs> Well, my thing is, I, I do wonder along those lines that, you know, we didn't see anything, but what did she see? Right. Did she see it happen in the closet? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Do you? That- <laughs> <laughs> I do not. They've not explained no. it. No. But Elise says that the presence wants to be Josh. She says that she thinks Josh is getting into astral projection while he's sleeping, but in doing so, he's seen things that no living person is meant to see. And unfortunately, they've seen him too. Lorraine asks if she can stop it, and Elise says that she can suppress his memory, which would make him unable to astral project. Lorraine asks how, and Josh just slowly stands up out of his chair. He tilts his head as if he's listening to someone speak, and he says, I'll show you. He walks into the hall and points at a door that slowly creaks open on its own. You're grounded. Yeah. You're no, like, boy, I put you, you to bed. Yeah. You're fucking wandering yeah. around in your uh-uh. subconscious. Like, <laughs> you are just doing too fucking Dude, much. First of all, I mean, this is a lot for a mother to take on. <laughs> yeah. But I love that your reaction to this is, that's it. Go to bed. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> and stay in your body. Young yeah, man, please. Cause... Yeah. Because you've been fucking up, I've heard. <laughs> My question, though, I feel like it was a little confusing to me in the first one, too, because he's already traveled out. They've already seen him. Mm-hmm. So it's taking away his ability to see them really the most helpful thing. I know well, it also it, takes away his ability to travel 
but they already know he's here. Right, but if he's not out of his body, they yeah. can't I get, get that, into but it. Elise wasn't out of her body and she just got torn to she, ribbons. She got well, attacked. Well, well Elise fucked around and found yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the yeah. difference here. I just, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that he's still at risk for full possession, right. but he's still in harm's way. Everybody right, right. is because he was out fucking around in the further. Well, then don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> he already did. <laughs> he already did. Well, I think that you're inviting shit if you're rocking out of your body every night and you're like, hey, what's right. going on, guys? You're inviting possession. Yeah. Right. But if there's no need for them to be there because you're not out of your body anymore, they're going to fucking go away. Yeah, but yeah. I feel they're like they're like, like, like we, can't we know get he there can anymore. do it. We yeah, just but, no. I don't, I don't okay. think they're that patient. Yeah. <laughs> what we learn in the further is that it's yeah. really bad if you don't find a vessel. Yeah. All right. So they're going to look for you. Yeah. I, guess. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'll let it. Right. Slide. That All lady's right. losing a lot of blood. Yeah. Just wait. I just I guess <laughs> I, I just feel like suppression isn't ever really an answer. More of like a band aid. Right. Well, so like I mean, I'm already kind of side eyeing. I, I don't know. Well, know. we do learn that it was like a 30-year Band-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. It, which is a pretty good <laughs> life I've for a Band-Aid. <laughs> it's years. usually like one day and then yeah. it's like in your bed when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing Josh get out of the chair and walk to the hall, open up the door with what appears to be his mind. Yeah. Lorraine and Elise are pretty flabbergasted. And so they sit Josh back down in his chair, Lorraine telling Elise to do whatever she has to do to make him forget. The camera presses in on Josh's face, his eyes still closed. And then, accompanied by loud, shrieking violins, we get the title, Insidious Chapter 2. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it scares the shit yeah. out of me every single time. I'm not even going to lie to you, I'm 30 years old. I watched this again last night to prepare for the show. And when that happened, I did mute the television. Because <laughs> I had already watched it before. I'm like, I don't need that at one in the morning. I already know what it is. Yeah, okay? we get it, all right? <laughs> Jeez, calm down. <laughs> I did want to point out, I read in Starburst magazine, it's not a candy. Mm. Well, it sounds delicious. Yeah. It does. Uh, my good friend Lee Winnell said <laughs> at one point in the planning phases of this film, this whole thing was supposed to be the whole film, this prequel idea. And they were just going to do set in 1986. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then I think they realized they're like, well, we really left things wide open. Yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's not do that. Let's close that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but they got the best of both worlds because they did both. Yeah. yeah. But over more opening credits, we see locations, props, and set pieces from the first film, almost like a montage of previously on Insidious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Through the familiar houses and items, we also see lettered dice floating on their own and a rocking horse creaking in motion. Lastly, we see the red door in the attic of the Lambert's first home opening slowly as the camera presses into blackness. The deeper it goes, the closer a scene of an interrogation room comes into view. I love this a lot. I I really like this. It almost feels like kind of the implication of the further kind of being everywhere. Right. Because we're coming in from like, nothingness right i i i thought it was very interesting it was a really cool choice i'm assuming because like everything seems to have been done practically right they had to have done this practically i can see they probably did it with like a dolly or something yeah yeah Yeah. slowly pressing in but the effect of it is just incredible oh yeah yeah and really effective for the story that they're telling Mm -hmm. I, i thought it was a really really interesting way to kind of be like now let's get back into the real story or whatever you know but we see Renee Lambert, played by Rose Byrne, sitting across from Detective Sindal, played by Michael Beach. 
She summarizes the events of the first film. One morning, her son Dalton wouldn't wake up and doctors couldn't explain it. But when they took him home, weird things started happening around the house. It got to be so much that they moved, but even in the new house, it kept happening. Sindal asks if Renee thought it was something supernatural and when they got in contact with Elise. She says that they only did that when they ran out of other options. This is when Sindal quotes her statement that she gave to the police, that Elise put Josh into a state of hypnosis as part of a ritual that would allow him to project his unconscious self into a spirit realm to find their son to bring him back to consciousness. He kind of acts like an asshole yeah like listen so, we don't need to get into specifics yeah i know <laughs> when you say it like so, that yeah, like, kind of, <laughs> some shit happened yeah. uh, a lady I, is dead i said what i said yeah. right? <laughs> but he's like i can't uh even read my own handwriting here he's like what the fuck did yeah. I? <laughs> he, he does say that. it's very very rude like she's been through enough tonight right but Sindal asks if she believed that elise's plan would work and renee says that she had to because it did work they got Dalton back in a matter of hours. They did. Right. Yeah. It worked and it worked well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit. So Sindal asks what happened next. And in a flashback, we see Renee discovering Elise's strangled body sitting upright in a chair in the living room of their second house. So upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, and they show it so abruptly. Like, remember that shit? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, Damn it. Don't. I didn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. But Renee rushes around the house to find Josh, but only finds a camera on the floor. After picking it up and looking at it, and after a very sweet dolly zoom shot, mm-hmm. she throws her hand over her mouth in horror. Josh Lambert, played by Patrick Wilson, puts his hand on her shoulder, telling her that he's right here. So this is where the first film ended. Right. Yeah. And this is really like seamless to me because oh, yeah. this they filmed in a real house for the first film, and this is a set. Oh, and it was kind of like a replica of the living room of that house. It nice. feels the same. Yeah, yeah, it does. And they're all wearing the same clothes. It yeah. seems like, it almost feels like they filmed this part already yeah. right. to potentially use in a sequel. Nice. But they yeah. did not. Yeah. But having his hand on her shoulder, Renee jumps back, recoiling from him. Lorraine Lambert, played by Barbara Hershey, and Dalton, played by Ty Simpkins, walk into the room as well. Lorraine obviously dismayed at the sight of her dead friend. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, is that what's wrong yeah. with Elise? <laughs> That's fucking weird. That sucks. But Josh finally notices Elise too and responds in a way that almost feels performative. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. It's like when you listen to 911 calls of like husbands who clearly killed their wives. <laughs> like, that's literally what it felt like. Oh, no. It's like, dude, stop. We it. know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> stop it, Josh. You're making it worse. But Josh tells Lorraine to take Dalton out of the room and to call an ambulance. Renee just stares at Josh and he immediately gets defensive asking if she thinks he did this. <laughs> the way I don't know. It's just like knowing what we know. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious to me. He's like, you think I did this? <laughs> well, I think that there's two things for me that kind of are strange. Yeah. The first of which is that they didn't hear him in the first film when he's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, he is strangling the shit out of and her. screaming yeah. at her. And Dalton just slurping spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that it really looks bad because there's really no reason for Josh to think that she thinks he did exactly. this. Right, right. Unless he did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you think I did it? <laughs> Why are you so defensive? But she saw the pictures, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's confusing to me because 
that was something too because he asks her if she thinks he did it or whatever yeah and she's like no oh no no <laughs> you know he's a fucking ghost dude what are you well, well i mean I, not, obviously you have to say no to the ghost face well <laughs> i just want to point out that for all she knows okay they saw a lot of shit that night right which she talks about in a second yeah but they saw a lot of spirits in the house right so for all she knows one of those spirits came in Elise took a picture and it killed her. There's no reason right now for her to think that Josh is also that person. Well, we I know. Mean, I, I guess. Uh, I feel like I would have been like, you're looking because, a little. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but there's nothing. I feel like but as well it, as she, she knows take a him. picture of him? She took a picture, but in the picture was it the turned, bride. And, it turned. Yeah. But was, I mean, he's in the same. He's in the same spot. Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't in the room. I thought he was. Maybe I'm no, the, remembering the end wrong. The picture is the bride in black. No, I know, but I'm saying, didn't she take the picture of him and he was standing behind her yeah. in the living room or wherever they were? So at? you're saying Josh never appeared in He's the photo? He's not photos. in the photo okay, okay. because back in the interrogation room, Sindal shows her a picture saying that Elise took it moments before her death and asking who it is because okay. it's the bride in black. Oh, okay. So that's the thing that I'm saying is like, there is no reason to think that Josh has anything to do with this, which is weird because now the audience has something over the characters in the movie. Right. Because yeah. we literally saw him strangle yeah. Elise. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think that kind of makes it a little bit difficult because we know something that they don't and they are completely ignorant of it. Right. But this whole time we're like, hey, Josh is a fucking like, ghost. Yeah. It, it makes it a little <laughs> for right for literally this moment. It makes it easier to be like, okay, Renee, like I get it. You know, especially if she's, not wanting to believe what we already right, know, right. but as the film goes on, no, yeah. <laughs> there, there are clear signs. Yeah, no. I... Even if like you believe him, there's clearly a ghost on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Renee says, like I had said earlier, they honestly saw a lot of freaky shit that night, and Sindal is not buying that it's a photo of a ghost. He says he's not interested in ghosts, only in the living people who make ghosts. That was good. That was yeah. a good line. <laughs> it made me laugh because I never thought of like murder as the process of creating a ghost. Yeah. But it is. <laughs> it is. But he puts a photo of Elise in front of Renee. And in the photos, her neck is tore the fuck up. Like, I think they should have been looking for a velociraptor or something. <laughs> oh, shit. That was my next note. Damn, her neck is tore yeah. up. <laughs> Maybe it was the werewolf from the closet. There you go. <laughs> he wasn't dead. No. He bided his time for fucking <laughs> 30 years <laughs> but Sindal says that those marks were put there by human hands and he'll let her know if forensics matches those marks to Josh but in the next scene we see the Lamberts arriving at Lorraine's house relieving the babysitter played by Brooke Peoples of her duties her name's Jessica she pops up a lot she yeah. does and they even like give her a shot of her leaving the house which I was like that's even nice. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't think she was gonna pop up so much yeah. they're like she's an asset to this family <laughs> yeah well in all fairness I, I don't understand because the kids I guess need an excuse to not be here yeah and for them to still be here but then when they're here you're like well why aren't the kids here yes. so it's like a little I mean they're like her remember her we yeah, shot her yeah. walking upstairs yeah Jessica <laughs> we gave her an extra shot but Dalton as well as Foster played by Andrew Astor rush over to the family excited over a tin can phone thing that they've made you remember the string yeah. right. thing? I was like, oh, yeah, we have a second son. Yeah. I think yeah. this kid is like, because the baby's always getting snatched up by yeah, ghosts yeah. and uh -huh. then fucking Dalton's running around in the spirit realm. Uh -huh. Foster gets no love. Like, I feel he like doesn't. this child is just grossly overlooked. <laughs> or he's sitting in the back like, shit, I'm nobody <laughs> yeah, messing with me. Yeah. 
I just sit over here with my train. I, yeah. I fuck. So I feel bad for him, but maybe he's really oh, yeah. the luckiest child. Yeah, he's like, you ever watch like reality competitions where there's like the sleeper that fucking yeah, yeah. Like, eventually oh, takes over? <laughs> where did you come from? That's Foster. That's Foster. <laughs> I did feel very sad in the first film whenever he got that good grade on the test or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't show it to him because of all the shit going on. And they're like, get that cat out yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i don't know here i feel like he has even less to do though maybe that's yeah. why i feel no, for him yeah. so much because yeah. it's just like okay foster like fuck yeah. off i yeah. don't know it feels very right. sad. you ain't got no yeah. ghosts right. God damn. nobody's no ghost is trying to abduct you or inhabit your body <laughs> why are you here i feel bad he's like is there anything interesting about you yeah. he's like daddy i made this phone <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's yeah that's why i feel really bad he's like i'm an inventor dad <laughs> <laughs> poor fo- porn went out for foster today yeah. Yeah. it's sad but josh puts baby callie in one of those toy walkers which lights up and makes a ton of noise before helping lorraine by carrying their suitcases inside the group leaves renee with callie who runs her walker right into the piano and cries very loudly before being scooped up by renee so again, this is one thing I really love about Lee Winnell and James Wan. Mm-hmm. It's literally been like one minute and they literally set up like four scares. Right. Yeah. For later. Yeah. They're like, these are all these items. Yeah. Uh, you Wait. guys see all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I didn't think that the baby walked into it. I feel like the baby was pushed into the piano. Well, oh, shit. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought that she walked, but it's possible that she walked over there for a reason. Yeah. That's a good point as well. And we'll discover that. This is that. unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not that unnerving. It's it's sad. We'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that night, Josh puts Dalton and Foster to bed, telling them that they're going to be here at their grandmother's house for just a little bit while the police clear things up at their house. What an awful conversation to have to have. Right? Yeah. After so, they clean up the murder scene, yeah. Yeah. get to go home. Look, something not so chill happened. Yeah. <laughs> Foster, I think you were with a babysitter. Foster, I don't know where the fuck yeah, you were. It really doesn't matter. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's it's he's the middle kid, don't they always say? Yeah. That the yeah. middle kid kind of... <laughs> it's just so sad. It's very sad. But the kids learn that they're staying in Josh's old bedroom. But after he's asked if he's ever seen anything bad in there, he says that he never did and neither will they. So I'm not sure if his memory is still wiped from that whole thing or if he's just a fucking liar. Because literally, Elise, that closet right there, remember Elise, the woman who died tonight? Well, she (laughs) She had an incident in that closet. It's like, what? I it's okay so it's either a he doesn't remember b he's lying I'm gonna go with c yeah I think there's something else at On play board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh stares at Dalton for a moment telling him that he's glad he's awake before shutting off the lamp and saying goodnight to his sons I'm so glad you're awake now go to sleep yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he the the boy knows yeah he's looking at him like oh, something's yeah. off like dad what yeah. the fuck but the second Josh leaves, Foster picks up the tin can phone and wants Dalton to try it out with him. I do have a little nitpick because Foster's like, look what I made. But literally, Dalton was there when you showed it to Josh. Yeah. Yeah, he's but let him fucking show off, man. <laughs> he's got nothing. That's Maybe I should be a little let kinder. Show it to everyone. Dalton's like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. Uh, yes, I Dalton's understand. Dalton's like, what's your fucking name again? Yeah. <laughs> But Foster asks what Dalton thinks of it, and Dalton, very reluctant to give it a try, says that he thinks it's stupid. <laughs> wow. And then the abuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foster's like, why do I share? 
give this kid a break. <laughs> but this is when Josh busts back in and the kids immediately play dead. Josh just smiles and heads back out. After some exterior shots of the house, we find Renee sitting alone in the kitchen, trying to get her mind right after everything that's happened. Suddenly, she hears the piano playing in the other room. She makes her way down the hall, calling out to Lorraine, and as she gets closer to the piano room, the music just stops. She opens the doors to find nobody inside, and the sound of a piano is coming from an old-timey radio. But that piano she heard before had way more bass in it. Yeah. yeah. So Renee like, should know. Yeah, that's yeah. not what you heard. Nice try, but no. Yeah. <laughs> but she shuts off the radio and heads upstairs to check on Callie after she hears her crying. She takes the baby monitor out of one of their bags and sets it on the dresser. I was laughing because I'm like, Callie's probably crying because there's a red light being blasted into her yeah. face. <laughs> She's like Kramer with the Kenny Rogers <laughs> sign. It's like, that's probably what's oh, wrong. I'm yeah. stressed. <laughs> yeah. I, real quick, I know the piano, like you said, it didn't sound the same from the radio. Uh-huh. I, that, I would be like, okay, you know what I mean? Because you hear that, then she hears the baby crying immediately as she turns it off and then she's like, oh shit. Yeah. You're like, this isn't a coincidence something's no. still yeah. going on and i feel i i'm a i feel like part of her knows it yeah but doesn't want it right and so she's like you know what it, maybe it was the radio yeah. <laughs> that tinny it's, that tinny ass yeah. radio <laughs> it's easier for everyone if it was just the radio 100 percent. but she could turn off that red light yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but as the baby monitor begins to click it's probably one of the aliens from science <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's not over yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a warning from outer space <laughs> the further extends the fucking outer yeah. space apparently <laughs> but Renee once again hears the piano playing downstairs she rushes back to the piano room only for it to stop once again as soon as she reaches it absolutely not yeah. no she's completely over it and she closes the fallboard on the piano covering the keys as she turns to leave, she bumps right into Callie's walker and it comes to life, sounding off very loudly until she fonzies it off. <laughs> she then hears Callie crying again through the monitor and heads back upstairs. But when she gets back into the room, she finds the crib empty and Callie is on the floor. So we all sleep in the same room from now on. Yeah. yeah. I, like, yeah. I mean, at least until we're sure, mm-hmm. at least until our fucking house is cleared from the murder yeah. investigation. Yeah. Could help. Maybe we should all sleep together because some freaky shit happens at night. Uh-huh. And the yeah. thing about a crib is that it's very easily moved. Yeah. And also right. a baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you see their master bedroom in a second, but that bed's big enough for four people. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I don't know what we're doing. I, you're going too quickly to pretend things are back to normal. Yeah. And I think she learned the hard way. Mm. But one thing I will say is that I know that some could excuse these scares as kind of like too similar to the scares in the first film, the piano, the baby monitor, etc. I feel like they're using though like our knowledge of those scares yeah. in a very interesting way to do different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the same pieces but the puzzle looks different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. But Renee busts into her and Josh's bedroom and is like, look, shit is obviously still happening. The piano is playing by itself. Someone left Callie on the floor like a candy bar wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> Josh just posits. That- <laughs> Sorry. Josh just posits that maybe she just crawled out. And then he asks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what does he ask? Has she ever done that before? Look- yeah. <laughs> Okay. You're her fucking dad. No, yeah. yeah. I was like, what's the name of the child? Kelly? Yeah. Yeah. She, she look, he's like, look, Kelly is fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
call, just call the cops. Uh-huh. Let them stay in jail a couple of nights. If nothing happens at the home, crazy, then it's it. You know what I mean? You know it's him. Just right. get Josh you know removed. I mean? Yeah. I was just. Has she done that before? I'm like, like what? I should, I, if that I said that something about the kids, wouldn't you be like, are you fucking serious? Yes, what are you talking about? I, I think it just confused me because it's like, you're showing your ass, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, you're horrible at this. Have you ever possessed anyone before, man? <laughs> <laughs> but Renee's just annoyed. And Josh says that he just wants to move on and for everything to be back to normal. Renee says nothing about this is normal. Things are still happening, and nobody is talking about the fact that someone murdered Elise. Josh is open to the conversation, though, asking if Renee thinks that he did it. Why do you keep asking yeah. me that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think the funniest part is coming up here because she doesn't think that he did it, yeah. and he goes, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... I know that it's... He's it's, a ghost. You know yes. that. It's you know technically that. scary, but... His reactions to everything and his like, I don't want to give anything away, but as we go on, it's fucking hilarious yeah. to me Yeah, because it's, it's so obvious. <laughs> I think my thing is like, this is where it almost begins to border. I don't want to say camp. Right. Uh, yeah, almost. But yes. the performance that he gives later <laughs> and, and these little moments right now, I think that they had to know that they would come off as a little bit funny, right? Yeah. They had to. Oh, yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> Eyes all shifty. But for some reason, Renee is not even. She's like, yeah, yeah. that's Josh. It's yeah. like, no, we saw y'all in the first one. Right. We know that you have like a good relationship. Y'all communicate with each other. Yeah. Y'all joke around. It just felt very like, do you not even know him? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I do not know. But Josh has an explanation for everything. He says he knows exactly what happened. When he went into the further to get Dalton back, something evil followed him back and killed Elise. But like followed me outside of my body though. Yeah. Like followed like behind me. We were never the same person. (laughs) (laughs) But he says that Renee saw the things that came out of there. But he says nothing is going to bother them anymore. They have their family back, and that's what they should be focusing on. Renee reluctantly agrees, and the two hug. Don't just not. (laughs) (laughs) If you know something's wrong, please do something about it. Don't just let me be a ghost. Oh, no, for sure. Be Be a ghost. (laughs) I think that's the thing, again, because in this moment, we're just waiting for Renee to find out. Yeah. Yeah. We already know. Yeah. It's just, I just wish that they were doing a better job of being Josh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or like maybe waiting until she went to sleep to be shifty eyed. Yeah. I don't know. Cause <laughs> it's just, it's too much. Like you, it's it's just too much. Yeah. Now we're looking at her like, how the fuck do you not see yeah. that this is clearly <laughs> something's wrong? Uh huh. Now she is giving some suspicion. Right, right. And I did see on a featurette that during these moments where she feels suspicious, James Wan told her because you he, he got to ground it right, yeah. right. in some kind of reality because you can't say now you might suspect that your husband might yeah. be a, <laughs> like a ghost demon thing. Right. But uh, you don't know for sure. So uh, action. Yeah. you know. So he said, treat it like you think he might be cheating on you. OK. All right. And so you see her play that in those moments where her eyes are like she knows something's yeah. going on. Something's yeah. not right. But not enough to say that she thinks <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have receipts yet so no, she's gonna be quiet exactly get his phone yeah it's always on the phone <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard but that same night we watch as Specs and tucker played by lee winnell and angus Sampson, respectively somberly head into elise's house 
As Tucker looks at an old photo of them in better times, Specs remarks that even though they have firsthand knowledge that there's something after death, all of their experience isn't helping him feel any better about Elise being gone. This is so sad. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like a lot of your experiences with life after death are incredibly negative. Yeah. And maybe that's why you're not getting any comfort. Yeah, because, I mean, we all saw that seance. We've seen some, yeah. there's some freaky shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tucker sums it up, though. The living version of someone is always better. Specs solemnly agrees, but the men hear the door to Elise's reading room creak open on its own. Now, I know that I've said creak open on its own about 15 times already. Yeah. But that's what's happening. That's really- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens a lot, so you probably will hear it more. <laughs> But stepping into the hall, they actually see it opening and remember that Elise never kept that room unlocked. They head to the door, determining who will go in first with a round of Hunter Ninja Bear, which is just a funkier version of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Yes. Specs wins, so Tucker heads downstairs after calling his loss bullshit. Now, it really doesn't matter because they head downstairs together. Yeah. Yeah. So Specs wins by playing Bear, right? While Tucker plays Ninja. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that Ninja beats Hunter? I'm just right. I don't. But you the know, logic. But Hunter beats Bear. <laughs> yeah, right. See, it honestly makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're not getting. I think that uh, it actually makes more sense than rock paper scissors yeah. <laughs> because I mean, paper have- covers. <laughs> <from>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? No one can see it. Yeah. You're irrelevant. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you realize how caveman it is that rock b- breaks <laughs> the scissors. Scissors cuts paper. That makes sense. Right. But everything else is really fucking weird. <laughs> and we might have to change the I game. Mean, we yeah, play. Maybe we should reboot rock, paper, scissors yeah. for the modern age. I think it's about time. But they turn on the lights in the reading room, surveying all the items, including that S&M elephant mask from the first film. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that that is one thing that I do appreciate. And they talked about it in interviews. They really took very familiar things. Right. Seances we've seen in films millions of times. Yeah. Yeah. But they were still able to do something interesting with it. Right. Yeah. You had never seen anything like that before. Oh, no. No. And <laughs> whether it's successful for you or not, it is unique. Yeah. For sure. Undeniably unique. Yes. yes. But Tucker opens up a book and turns on a TV, which are promptly closed and turned off by specs. They balance each other out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker then stumbles into a room behind a curtain, somehow whacking his nuts on some videotapes yeah, that weren't even know. nut level. No. Like I was confused by that. And who walks nuts first? <laughs> yeah. Tucker. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> like if I'm walking into the dark, I might have my hand out to make sure. Yeah, yeah. No. But he's like, the nuts will take the brunt of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Specs turns on the lights and Tucker collects the tapes that his nuts toppled over. In the tapes, though, he finds one labeled Lambert Josh 1986. So is Elise helping them with this? Is I think that so. what we're kind of. That's how I took right? it. Because yeah. the door to the room opened. Right. Uh-huh. She's like, bring your nuts over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that tape happened to right. be, you know, that's yeah. how I took it. Mm-hmm. She knew he'd be clumsy. It just works out. Right. Right. I do want to point out, though, because we had talked a little bit earlier in the scene wherever they're upstairs, kind of like reminiscing a little bit. Mm-hmm. They don't really explore grief with everyone then I, and i think they should a little bit right because even when we see lorraine later and renee nobody really talks about no that's what i think some of my issue with this movie is right. is that 
the people aren't acting the way humans would act. Yeah. And I'm not saying that everybody <laughs> grieves the same. Like even the way that Specs and Tucker are grieving, if this was just written as like another kind of movie, they'd be crying. It mm. would be, you know, like weeks later because they can't bring themselves right, right, to right, go right, into right. her her house or whatever. Like in a way that they're like, yeah, we still have shit to do, but damn, that's sad. I miss yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody else is just like, well, I know that happened last night, but fuck that. Like who's Elise? <laughs> who's fucking Foster? Like, yeah. they're all there. <laughs> it's just, I feel like it's, the way that people act sometimes and the actions that they take in this film, it's just to keep the story moving. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Yeah. I think because I would love to see a scene where Renee is like, I'm sorry about your friend. And yeah. that, and the fact that that was Lorraine's friend, she knew her for decades. Yeah. yeah. And she saved her really twice, uh, saved her family. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just weird that it's just like, well, you guys want to come stay at my house? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre to me. I don't know. I mean, they, they do kind of have some moments here and there, like you have this with them. Right. And there's a couple moments that come up later, but I feel like, the Lamberts are going through a lot. Right. But there's still time to check in on the woman that's letting you stay at her house. Yeah. Right. I and mean, the fact that this woman died helping you get mm-hmm. your son back. Yeah. Like, I would feel at least partly responsible for what happened to her. I would say so. You know? Josh more so. <laughs> Josh maybe a little more than partly. But yeah. But you know what I mean. For sure. They're just like, man, that was fucking crazy, right? Anyway, Callie was on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But the two men pop the tape into the VCR in the other room. We see grainy footage of the conversation at the beginning of the film Tucker savaging the framing of the shot, which kind of seemed like something I would do. So Yes, I it did. <laughs> but they fast forward through the tape, reaching the point where young Josh stood up and did the whole I'll show you thing. They rewind it, wondering who he's talking to when he turns his head. And this is when Tucker seems to notice something else within the frame. Back with the Lamberts, Lorraine wakes up having fallen asleep at her desk. The television is on, and I'm pretty sure it's playing Carnival of Souls. Yeah, and the scene that's being shown is i don't i've never seen carnival of souls i don't know if this is a demon or a monster or something it's a great film that i will not spoil for you so okay just, okay yeah well it's approach whatever it is it's approaching a woman like in the choking gesture uh-huh. so this felt you know like what happened to elise yes right. you know i thought it was a little bit of overlap there yeah with that also they did say in a featurette, the lead makeup artist, mm-hmm. said that the designs in the first film for all the ghouls that we find in the further right. were based on Carnival of Souls. Oh, very cool. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like a twofer. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, Carnival of Souls, I believe, is on Shudder right now. Shudder, please sponsor us. <laughs> Shudder! <laughs> like, come on. They hate us, I think. I don't I know. I feel like yeah. this is uh, personal at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, fuck those guys. I don't know what we did. We have a street team. Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> been riding fucking hard. I don't know what else we can do, <laughs> is all I'm saying. But Lorraine shuts off the TV and heads into the hall, going into the kids' room to check on them. There's more of that red light coming through, which mm-hmm. is fantastic because the house is so dreary. Yeah. yeah. Having these little blasts of color mm-hmm. is just very, very smart. But in his sleep, Dalton whispers, I fell asleep, then I flew away. Lorraine's like, not so Stop fast. It. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it right now. But she very sweetly asks him not to leave them again. He sleepily asks, Grandma? And after getting her full attention, he tells her that there's someone standing behind her. You need to quit your shit, yeah, Dalton. Dude. Like, 
these kids just be trying it. And for Lorraine to have gone through this with Josh and then right. now with her grandson, it's uh, like, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm going to Florida. Like, I'm, I'm done. I do want to point out that I don't believe she checks on Foster. <laughs> she doesn't yeah, fucking check no. on Foster's nobody. like, I'm not fucking scaring anyone for no reason. Yeah. Nobody checks on Foster. <laughs> How how fucking scary would that be? Oh, terrifying! You know I mean? If your grandchild was like, "Hey, there's someone standing behind," he's like, oh. "After all this yeah, shit, yeah, no." <laughs> well, I believe him. Firstly, yeah. yeah. Oh no, yeah. And the thing is, is that I love how she just kind of gets up, turns on the lamp, and leaves the room. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, Dalton." Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> all right, like, hold on. He's on his bullshit yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but she heads into the hallway and turns on a lamp there too. In the hall, she hears a noise down below on the lower floor, so she heads downstairs and into the living room. There is, this is another thing that I thought was interesting, they have a grandfather clock, yeah, and it just ticks constantly, and it made me think of the metronome. Hey, uh, good point. You know? Yeah. It's almost like the further is still here, but just like little, yeah, you know? But across the hall in the piano room, Callie's walker sounds off very loudly, it is the loudest toy ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why this even exists, honestly. <laughs> what I don't know a kid that would enjoy this. I feel like it would just it would just be there to make them cry. <laughs> <laughs> but Lorraine quickly rushes over to turn it off. She then backs out of the room, very frightened, but through open doors, she sees a woman in a white flowing gown walk by through the kitchen. So I thinking about this, watching this. So as it doesn't matter, I feel like at this if you're a grandparent or parent or uncle or a cousin or whatever, if you see some shit like this in your family's house, where do you go with this? Um, my thing is that she initially thinks it's Renee, right? Which you did not see Renee wearing this gown. No, no. So I, I think honestly, after everything that you've seen, I might go upstairs instead of investigating it. Not to like go to sleep or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. But I think that because I know that there's nobody really in the house. Right, right. It's a it's a fucking ghost. Yeah, yeah. So I would go and be like, hey guys, I hate to wake you up with such bad news, but <laughs> <laughs> this shit ain't over. Yeah. yeah. But she does not do that. No. She instead heads toward the kitchen, turning on every single light along the way, which I did appreciate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's what I would do. But the music grows tense as she reaches the room, finding nothing. She heads to a nearby bathroom, running the faucet and taking a pill of some kind. Probably, I would assume to sleep, to right. go to sleep. Oh, okay. I didn't know if she was, I might, might as well trip. <laughs> 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 well, this night's shot. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> but in the mirror, we see the woman again. Lorraine slowly turns around and a breeze from an opened window causes the door to close. Thanks a lot, window. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, I'd be fine. Because the window just saved me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we don't need to see that. Yeah. yeah. I'm You're like, no, like, really? <laughs> thanks a lot, window. <laughs> Lorraine lives alone in this big ass house. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like, I would be scared. I'd be over at their house well, all the yeah. time, too. I was going to say, I'm sure you, crazy shit isn't usually going on. I guess, but yeah. still. It's like, man, it's after huge. Josh left, everything was fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> don't come back. Yeah. yeah. I'll visit you. Okay? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> But Lorraine rushes to the door to open it, and when she does, she finds Josh. Filled with fear, she asks if Josh saw the woman, telling him that there was someone here. Josh is like, no, there wasn't, because if there was, that would scare my family, and they don't need any of that right now. Oh, hell no, Josh. Yeah. No. Y'all can go be in denial at a fucking hotel yeah. then. Like, I'm sorry. This is my house. He's a ghost. Was fine. <laughs> yeah. And then y'all came, and now I'm seeing some fucking lady. Yeah. And no, I'm sorry. 
Well, I think my thing is that he kind of he has a point in a way. He does, but the way he says it. No, because he's like, do you understand? It's like, yeah. this is your mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? He's saying it like, look, we both know there's some shit yeah, going on. Yeah. yeah. But shut the fuck up about yeah. it. Like, that's Basically. how he's saying it. He makes it even worse because when Lorraine calms down and she's like, you know, it's probably just my imagination. He's like, get some sleep and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> then he mushes her face. Up again. <laughs> it's like, who's the child here? Yeah. God damn. But the next morning, Renee wakes up, noticing Josh's empty side of the bed before stepping out herself. We cut to later that morning, and after Renee feeds Callie at the dining room table, she looks outside where Josh and Foster are trying out that tin can phone. Foster is finally yeah. getting his yes. moment in the sun, yeah. but it does not last long. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's again, you're seeing, I think, Josh be normal-ish. Because yeah. it just devolves into horseplay. Yeah. It's just a couple of, you know, they're yeah. having fun. You got a look on your face. <laughs> because I just, I just want Foster to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Dalton sits down at the table, clearly in an awful mood. He tells Renee that he had a bad dream. He said he was in his bed sleeping and his grandmother walked in, but he could see someone else in his room. We see the previous night's events play out, but when Dalton told Lorraine that there was someone behind her, we actually see the woman in the white gown standing there. It was very reminiscent of the moment in the first film yeah. where Lorraine tells her dream. Yeah. I thought, again, they're doing this interplay. Yeah. Right. But Dalton says that he tried to wake himself up and eventually did. But after hearing voices in the hallway, he got out of bed and in the hall, he discovered Josh. We see Josh standing there, seemingly arguing with the air. He's like, you've got to go. You have to leave. Dalton asks Renee if there's something wrong with his dad. Uh, Dalton, you're not allowed to go to sleep yeah. anymore. <laughs> and yes, there's something very wrong with yeah. you. <laughs> you know it, man. Yes, very clearly. Yeah. But Renee tells him that there isn't anything wrong with Josh. They've all just been through a lot. So that was a fucking lie. Yeah. <laughs> because immediately invalidating what she just said is Josh who stands in the doorway yeah. in an absolutely frightening posture, yeah, calmly saying that he's going to take the boys to school, and he tells Renee she should rest and relax, and then he's like, come on, son. Yeah. <laughs> you, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, it's full daylight outside, and you were just outside playing in the dirt with your son. Now you're going to school? What time sure. did you wake up? Well, I don't know that that ghost <laughs> has ever been a parent. Yeah. <laughs> Renee's like it's Saturday yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, well they don't normally go to school on Saturday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way he's standing with the light coming in behind yeah. him yes. and the way that he like the words that he's saying are right but right. the way that he's saying them is not no. right it's <laughs> like if you just read it on the page you're like okay but yeah. everything about this is wrong. He's like, why don't you relax? It's like, yeah. are oh you my threatening God. me? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I would not let my boys get in the car with it. No. <laughs> like, he's being very scary. He even starts it off. He goes, I'm going to take the boys to school. Yeah. <laughs> what is I'm like, school oh my mean? God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm frightened. Yeah. I do want to say that as this continues, it is clear that Patrick Wilson is having the time of his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he gets he gets to have a lot of fun. It's very, not to give things away too soon, but there's a lot of the shining in this. Oh, yeah. Yes, there is. But in the next scene, we see Lorraine arrive at Elise's house to meet with Specs and Tucker. I guess they just live here now. Mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
But she tells them that whatever was haunting them isn't finished yet. She explains what she saw the night before and that she needs their help. I appreciated that last night she was just like, yeah, 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 no, I'm just yeah. seeing shit. But she's like, oh, I'm I'm fielding this out. Oh, yeah. this, this is beyond me. It's clearly yeah. not. I mean, the thing was is that I understand that maybe you can see an apparition off in the distance and then nothing's there. You're like, okay, right. I've seen a lot of shit recently. Yeah. But the mirror bit, oh, yeah, no. yeah. she was literally like standing in the hallway like, hi, Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really here. Yeah, I'm actually a ghost, so... <laughs> But Spex and Tucker take her down into the reading room and ask if she remembers Elise's meeting with Josh in 1986. Lorraine says that she doesn't because she tried to block it out of her memory until recently. They jog her memory a bit and Tucker shows her the digitized footage of it on his laptop. Are we going to talk about the wallpaper? Yes, we yeah. are. It is a picture of Spex, Tucker, and their friend James Wan. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. It's like a blink and you miss it yeah. thing. Yeah. I also laughed because they were using Apple products. So I was like, these are the good guys. Yeah. yeah. But we see a still image from the videotape of young Josh standing with his head turned to one side. Tucker brightens the image and Lorraine steps away in disbelief. In the background, we see an adult figure and Spex asks Lorraine, is that Josh? You know Josh. Well, yeah. yeah. That's I laughed out loud because I'm like, y'all fucking know that's Josh. Yeah. Like, why did you? <laughs> instead of being like, we have something disturbing to show yeah, you, y'all yeah, yeah. know that's Josh. Yeah. I but I gotta defend them a little bit. No, because literally the thing is very grainy. You can't see his face. But she, she, he could literally say, uh, "Were you dating anyone at the time? Is yeah. that is that your boyfriend? Well, Was maybe, he there? Were you dating explain. Patrick Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> does, <laughs> does, is that Josh's father who he yeah. looks identical <laughs> to? <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but they don't know. Yeah, they did. Uh, and it's honestly a creepier moment if they're like, is that Josh? It's yeah. a creepier moment, and that's why they did it. It doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. I like it. <laughs> so, that's all it takes. Yeah. If I like I'll it, it's fine. It. Yeah. <laughs> but all three of them don't know how it's possible, and Lorraine laments the fact that Elise is not here to help them. They both turn to look at her, and she's like, What? I, I don't know why the scene just abruptly ends here. Well, because they look at her like, now that you mention it, we have the stuff right here to yeah. get in contact with <laughs> And she should know that. We're literally in the reading. Yeah, She's like, no I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not yeah. following. <laughs> <laughs> but back at Lorraine's house, Renee is doing the laundry in the basement when she's interrupted by the phone ringing. Now, this was very interesting that I learned on the featurette. The basement that they're in in Elisa's house is constructed in such a way that on the other side of that set is the basement of Lorraine's house. Oh, cool. <laughs> so this is literally just yeah. the same thing. I thought it was really cool. But as it turns out, it's Detective Sindal on the phone. He's actually got the results back from forensics. The bruises on Elise's neck do not match Josh. I feel like Maury Povich saying that. <laughs> <laughs> is this a standard call? Yeah. I don't like just I don't a know. casual phone call. Your husband didn't murder that yeah. lady. I just thought it was weird. <laughs> it's very strange to me because this goes nowhere. It A goes yeah. nowhere and B, even if this was a standard phone call, they're almost treating it like Renee is Josh's mother and like Josh is a minor. Right. Why wouldn't, if they're going to make this phone call, call Josh and That's be like, true. you were cleared. Right. Yeah. Why, why is Renee the go-between? I don't like, know. It's really hey, weird. Uh, tell your husband he didn't, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't murder that lady. I don't, I don't know. It, it, the whole phone call felt 
odd to me. Well, if he's a suspect, I don't see why they would. But tell he's not him. anymore. Well, right. But I mean, they interviewed her, so I mean, I guess I would see why they would tell her. But I don't. So if if I had if there was a chance that I had maybe killed somebody, you wouldn't want to know before me. Instead of me being like, oh, I, I got to I got away. <laughs> well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. She's like, uh, he's like, get tell, out of the house. <laughs> the news was bad. They, I'd want to know. If they tell Josh, he's going to be like, okay, I got away with it. That's fine. But I, if get, she knows, I don't know. Then, but I don't think that. Well, I mean, in this situation, yes. the ghost would be like, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in reality, I think they would have to call Josh. Right? Well, no, yeah, yeah. To clear him. That's why I'm saying it doesn't make any sense. This I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> We're not letting this one get by. Nah, no. But as Renee walks through the house, in the unfocused background of the living room, we see a woman sitting in a chair by the window. Yes. In the literal next shot, she's gone. Yeah. I. This is what I was talking about that is just brilliant. Yeah. You easily could have missed that. Yes. I only saw it because I was like, okay, yeah, you're walking you for look. too long. There's going to be something uh-huh. in the background or in the periphery or something. And there's no like music cue. No. It you just kind of happens. You easily miss it. I will say it was very funny on the featurette. You saw them film this yeah. and you saw that actress get up and run. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so, you got two seconds. Yeah. It was all done practically. <laughs> nice. Love that. But it did make me laugh. But Renee is obviously pleased to hear the good news on the phone. And even though the detective says that they're not ruling anything out, she thanks him for the news before getting off the phone. My thing is like the detective saying that they're not ruling anything out. Then why did you call me? Exactly. The phone call makes no sense. I'm telling you. Like, oh, okay. No, you're right. And honestly, I don't know how the forensic look. I understand that if you were to strangle someone, mm-hmm. you can leave behind all kinds of forensics. Yeah, yeah. Right. But the marks we saw on Elise's neck. Well, he's like, and that was a human hand. It's like, yeah. what? No, yeah. are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm not convinced. But the way she thanks him, she's like, thank you, because my husband has been acting weird yeah. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I needed a little reassurance. She needed a win, dude. It's yeah. been nothing but losses. But Renee kicks Callie's walker into the living room and then sits at the bottom of the stairs, breathing a sigh of relief. The relief, unfortunately, is very short-lived because she sees Callie's walker move on its own into yeah. the hallway. I feel like we can just go ahead and put that toy outside. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's done enough. <laughs> Hasn't there been? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's enough. Can we get her a chair that's not annoying? Yeah. That's not <laughs> <laughs> But Renee cautiously walks into the living room, and in a wide shot, we see that there's nobody in there. She paces around these two back-to-back couches, and in her pacing, the woman in white, played by Danielle Basuti, suddenly appears, sitting with her back to Renee. She begins singing, row, row, row your boat. Renee takes notice as the woman's voice seems to double and distort. Absolutely not. No. I'm running right the fuck grabbing my baby uh-huh. who should have been in a bassinet right fucking next to you i don't know oh, why yeah. they keep leaving the baby yeah. in an undisclosed location well, yeah. <laughs> while they're wandering around the house but no we're gone i was gonna say that they're you know they're treating it like everything's back to normal but the baby was just put on the floor last night yeah. like a candy bar <laughs> like a candy bar ever <laughs> that's what i'm saying we're all sleeping in the same room and that baby is literally never leaving my side she doesn't have anything on it's not like it's noisy uh-huh. you can sleep right here while i'm sitting right here like you're not going anywhere i'm sorry no joke no, yeah you know it's kind of crazy i mean uh Pretending like a problem isn't going on just because you want things to get back to normal. It sounds yeah. like. I know, like, who would do that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. Definitely not the planet Earth. No. But the woman stands up, walking into the hall with a sly look on her face. Renee rushes to meet her on the other side, but she isn't there. 
She then hears the woman's song continue through the baby monitor and then hears Callie cry out. Renee runs upstairs, but the door to Callie's room slams shut. I told you to stop leaving that fucking baby alone. I said that in the first movie. She didn't hear well, you, Renee. I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. Were you trying to do some Renee to Renee like talking? Yes. <laughs> we can all talk mentally. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, I just, I couldn't reach her. You know, I've never called you Renee. <laughs> <laughs> you that felt weird as shit. <laughs> My problem was she sat there and listened to the rest of the song. Uh-huh. Then called out to the baby like the baby was going to be like, help. Yeah. I was like, dude. <laughs> She's you, in here. Yeah. Mom! Why there's as soon as I heard the the lady disappear and then the voice on the monitor, uh-huh. I'm I'm darting yep. up the stairs. Yep. There is no hold on, I want to hear this next line. You yeah. know what I mean? This is the best part of the yeah. song. It's like, wait, <laughs> gently down the street? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. What what does this boat do next? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But from behind the door, we hear the woman remark, What a beautiful little girl before shouting, don't you dare. And we hear a slap, which causes Callie to cry harder. Renee busts in, but Callie is nowhere to be found. After hearing her cries downstairs, Renee runs back down, only for the walker and a stroller to launch into the air on their own. This is when I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this has really just gone to the next yeah. to the next level. Yeah, and <laughs> furniture's fine. Like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? I think that was the thing is that it's just, I don't want to say overboard, it's overboard. <laughs> I'll say overboard. <laughs> but everything that was going on is plenty scary on its own. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then they're like, well, check this shit out. <laughs> well, bam! And fucking throws it. It's, it's a lot. You're getting all these warnings. Yes. And it's honestly invalidating every single thing that Josh said the night yeah. before. Pretending that everything's back to normal. It's like, well, yeah. then who fucking launched yeah. the... Yes. And also all the other stuff. <laughs> you know? What's funny was that when she was getting the door to, she stopped to listen to what she was saying. I don't give a fuck what you're. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna keep kicking that door down. Yeah, she's like, oh, she thinks she's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, dude. Oh, well, she, was, she wasn't trying to hurt her. <laughs> At she least she's complimenting. complimenting yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Renee screams and runs into the living room looking for Callie. The camera swirls around her, and out of nowhere steps the woman in white. She once again screams, don't you dare, at Renee, and slaps the absolute shit out of her, sending her crashing through a table. Bam, bitch went down. (laughs) (laughs) The abruptness at which she appears always scares me. Yeah. I always jump every single time. I mean, she kind of deserved that, though. Renee? No, we're not taking care of her kid. (laughs) Let this be a lesson. I really didn't even think about that, but you're right. Why does she not have the baby with her? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm even saying I wouldn't be over the whole situation that happened in the first film. Right. No. With, you know, the dude standing there. I mean, I, I it's just, I would not be ready for yeah, her to just be like, I don't know. Just freestyling it. Call me a helicopter yeah, parent. You know, freestyling no. <laughs> no, she's got her red like, light. No, she's fine. fine. <laughs> 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 Babies love that light. <laughs> But back at Elise's house, we see Carl, played by Steve Coulter, arrive. He's introduced to Specs and Tucker and gives Lorraine a hug, Lorraine saying that it's been a long time. Tucker says Elise talked about him a lot, saying that he was the second best person she ever worked with. (laughs) (laughs) Carl's cool with that ranking, but sadly says that he had been meaning to contact Elise, but kept putting it off, and now she's gone. Lorraine says that this could be his chance to say a proper goodbye, but he doesn't think that they should do anything. Yeah. Lorraine says that they have questions and the only person with answers is Elise. She asks him for help. 
Downstairs in the reading room, Carl empties a bag of dice, telling the group that everyone has their methods for speaking with the dead, and this is his. He asks questions, and they answer him with words in the dice. This, I think it's very interesting, but it's also quite possibly the most ineffective way to yes. talk to spirits. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because you're like very limited, A, yes. and B, I mean, it is really, really cool visually or like to watch in a movie or something but right. i'm trying to think like practically yeah and like half of the ones have like runes on them and shit yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> you can read that or, or well, not well, like maybe, i don't know i mean doesn't i'm assuming i mean depends on who he's contacting yeah. he's like i got different languages here he's like, yeah. <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with he's like these dice are for the elder futh architect yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if i go what to that mid- <laughs> midsummer festival uh <laughs> But you can't, you can't be too prepared. <laughs> I think the problem for me is that the majority of the time, the words are spelled out, but they're missing letters. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why are we even doing this? Get a Scrabble board. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I only liked it because of how it works later in the film. Yes. And I was like, okay, if we can do that every time, then there is no yeah. mistake. It's mm-hmm. just this is what's going on. Yes. You know? And I mean, it's again, like Nay said, visually, it's very cool to see. Yeah. But practically. No, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying. And I know it's not like, okay, this is where I draw the line. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of this is <laughs> obviously insane. Or like, this is not everyday shit right, that you're right. going to en- encounter. Or uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But it just feels like, I just imagine him going about his daily life or like getting these calls where he has to help. And he's like, I only have three E's. It's like, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I can so, only do so much. <laughs> I think we're just going to ask yes and no questions from now on. <laughs> which you could just do with a Ouija board yeah, like a Ouija board is more practical than this it is but again this well a Ouija board takes longer yeah you're like F U C oh this <laughs> god damn you're it you're just being you rude fucking yeah. asshole this is a prank message <laughs> <laughs> Prince Albert what the fuck is that no I do not have him in the can but I think the thing is again like I said with the mask that they use in the first film it's familiar things right. that they're subverting by showing it in different ways yeah, yeah. so I understand But Carl puts the dice into a cup and shakes them up. He calls out to Elise, dropping the dice. After getting gibberish, he tries again. After failing to get a response at that time, he's like, look, let me level with you. (laughs) This is not an exact science. (laughs) I'm like, well, no shit, dude. You're using dice to contact the (laughs) dead. He says sometimes contact flat out cannot be made. He asks again if Elise is here. And just as he drops the dice, all the lights go out. Every electronic device in the room emits some kind of light or sound, and the TV turns itself on before shutting off. Specs gets up to check something, but Carl sits him down, telling him not to break the circle. That made me laugh because what was, he's like, "I'm gonna go to the store." I'm like, yeah. what, the, "What are you doing?" I he, don't know what he could check. He got now, scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, something's happening now, yeah. and he's uh-huh. like, uh, "I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom." It's like, where, where were you going? <laughs> and I'm sorry, but this is ten times less scary than what happened. Yeah, with Dalton's room yeah. when you were no being shit. a fucking sketch artist yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, but no. he's like, "Okay, this is too much for me." <laughs> Maybe he just TV? reached his limit. No. Yeah. You know, but candles flicker as Carl moves errant dice away, revealing the word yes. He asks Elise who killed her, and in the dice he reads, she did. Now is not the time to be vague. Yeah, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> the lamp above them begins to sway as Carl asks what she wants. Tucker sees the word kill. Carl asks where she is, and the dice reveal that she's hiding. The S&M elephant mask begins to whisper sweet nothings <laughs> over Speck's shoulder as Carl asks where she's hiding. The dice hit the table, but spell nothing. 
He once again asks where to find Elisa's killer, and Specs sees the words "Our Lady Angles" in the dice, and is like, "What the fuck does that like, mean?" Stop yeah. it! You knew the like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine tells him it's Our Lady of the Angels. It's the hospital where Lorraine used to work. Specs is like, "Our Lady Angles." We're looking for a mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's even scarier. It's like, yeah. come on, dude. You know what that is. But back at Lorraine's house, Josh arrives home and finds Renee picking her up and putting her on the couch. Poor lady, dude. Nobody's checking on her. No, nope. she's just there. Lorraine's gone. Yeah. yeah. Josh, I don't know where the fuck Josh yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, what is he? He's like, I'm going to take the boys to school and then I'm also going to school. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, he's, he's a, a teacher. teacher. Okay, I guess it makes sense. Well, but he's also a murder suspect, so I imagine he took some days off yeah. to kind of deal with that. Right. He's like, no, I'm going to go work with kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But when Renee doesn't wake up immediately, Josh kind of smells her a little. Yeah, I was a little confused about him. Like, she's hurt. Why are you sniffing her? Well, we we know why. Yeah, we know why. I mean, I know, but it's just, uh, come on. That was weird. But I'm just like, he's kind of fucking up with Josh. Well, yeah. So is this a moment of him being like, maybe I should jump ship? (laughs) Like, how how far gone is she right now? Like, he picked the wrong vessel or something? (laughs) But, I mean, she doesn't have the powers. Why else is he sniffing her, T? Because he's, uh, I can't say why yet. (laughs) Just give me a few more pages. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) But Lorraine, Specs, Tucker, and Carl show up to the hospital, now abandoned, absolutely trespassing. I was like, so they just broke in? Yeah. I asked your sister too. I said, okay, did did I miss something in the cut? And she was like, oh, no, they are just in there. We don't even get like a scene of them climbing in a window or something. They're just in there. (laughs) But they got their flashlights on and they're moving through the halls. Specs has a camcorder and we kind of get shots intercut with the regular film. Yeah. Almost like a little found footage feel. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to point out and I was like totally dismayed Mm -hmm. because I read on IMDb something that is completely wrong, which that sucks. Yeah. They said this is the same hospital where they filmed Halloween 2. Oh, wow. It's not. Oh. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. Oh, yeah. Oh, the hospital that they filmed this film in uh-huh. is called Linda Vista, and it's kind of a notoriously haunted location Ooh. in Los Angeles. Like hmm. they have ghost tours and yeah. everything. It's actually on a ghost tour while they were planning the first film that Lee Winnell got the idea to use this oh, hospital. Cool. Nice. So it's like very cool. But Halloween Two was filmed in Morningside Hospital and the Pasadena Community Hospital. Right. So I don't know why I don't know why they said that. But long story short, if you read something on IMDb, there's a good chance Double it's not check true. It. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because I was like, oh wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, do they mean Rob Zombie's Halloween too? And I looked it up, and it was filmed in Georgia. So I was not like, even. Oh, yeah, not even fuck. that. But the group moves through the halls, wondering what they're even looking for. Carl asked Lorraine to think of everyone she knew while working here, because there obviously has to be a reason. They move through the rooms. Specs accidentally stepping on a clearly haunted doll. Yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, that's enough. (laughs) Already. But the group stops when Carl notices something in the doorway of a room. He stands there for a moment, receiving visions of the bride in black, the ghost that haunted Josh in the first film. Carl tells the group to head into the room, and they do, and we learn from Lorraine that this room used to be the ICU. But in a flashback, young Lorraine and young Josh walk through the brightly lit, well-populated hospital halls, discussing what they should have for dinner. They step into the ICU, Lorraine conferring with a nurse to check in on one of her patients. So 
I finally understand why Lorraine's house is so amazing. Right. She's, She's a whole a ass doctor. doctor. Yeah. 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 Also, I did want to point out that according to Collider, this hospital that they were filming in, they had identical floor plans. So they had one that was all made up for the flashbacks. And then one that was How all cool. dilapidated. Nice. Oh, very, very cool. Oh, yeah. So it really, the transitions are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's just made for them. Also, I did read that the hospital is now senior living apartments. Oh. Aww. So, I mean, it's still a haunted building. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Josh looks over at Parker Crane, the patient in bed played by Tom Fitzgerald, before turning to look at the machines monitoring his vitals. So he is... This actor is credited as Tom Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. but his name on IMDb is Tom Fitzpatrick. Uh, so I think someone fucked up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. My question here is, is this appropriate for her child to just be wandering around in ICU? Yeah. Or? He's just pressing buttons. and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Well, but I mean, if... I mean, where else is he going to go? In her office. She's a fucking doctor. Yeah. That's a good point. I, <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of. She's like, no, come make my rounds with yeah. me. You press all the buttons. You know, it's ICU. It's fine. You might see some freaky yeah. shit. Who knows? <laughs> you might get scarred for life I'm, in a second. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is grossly inappropriate yeah. behavior. It probably is. It, but I mean, I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to judge. <laughs> <laughs> But the beeping on the machines increases, and when Josh turns around, Parker is up and awake. He grabs Josh and screams loudly as Lorraine and the nurse try to pull him away. Two other doctors have to come in and help, and Lorraine finally rescues Josh away from Parker's clutches and holds him close. She's like, oh, this is why we aren't supposed to bring people down here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the office wasn't such a bad idea. But we watch as young Lorraine heads into the elevator, where present-day Lorraine says in a voiceover that she saw Parker again a few days later, but this was the last time. Just before the elevator doors close, Parker walks in wearing a trench coat. (laughs) I like this disguise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he can't just go full hospital gown. (laughs) Then everyone will know. But Lorraine very easily realizes who he is and tells him that he should be resting in bed. Muzak plays overhead as Parker just faces forward. Lorraine then apologizes for Josh's behavior the other day, but still gets no response from Parker. I love that he literally attacked her son and she's like, look, I know he's a little yeah. short. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. That is true. He can be... But the elevator opens and Parker walks off into a doorway just into the shadows. Th- this always creeped me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That shot is just, yeah. I don't know, it's terrifying. But Lorraine continues on a little further asking Hillary, the nurse at the front desk played by Edwina Findlay, why Parker is up and walking around. Hillary is confused, but Lorraine says that she just rode down in the elevator with him. Hillary finally explains, Parker Crane died yesterday morning. He jumped to his death. In a transition, like I said, with the sets, Mm. I'm assuming is practical, the camera dollies into the next room, returning us back to present day. Which is very cool. And I live for a, he's been dead for 25 years reveal. I love that shit. It's like a creepypasta. Now let's, yeah. (laughs) Like the jacket was on her grave the next morning. (laughs) I like that. But again, I'm trying to think practically in the sense of this actually happening in the context of the story. Yes. What kind of hospital is this? That this man jumped to his death and nobody's talking about it. On top of this, this is Lorraine's patient. I was going to say, she's his doctor. This is fucking absurd. And I don't mean to like burst (laughs) bubbles or anything. This is 
completely and i know we're talking about spirit realms and shit right. this is unbelievable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the further i'll believe yeah. that's that's definitely there but but the the prospect that she's working all day right she doesn't notice she didn't make any rounds because Parker died yesterday. Right. Yeah. And she this didn't is... make any rounds to see that he wasn't there. She's just like, hey, son, why aren't you in bed? Like, yeah. it was. Son. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's like twice her age. Why aren't you in bed, little one? Yeah, yeah my kid's a fucking jackass, right? Yeah. Like, I just. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. That's all I'm trying to say. I didn't mind it because for me, it was that. Uh, Tell him Large Marge sent you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was no, like, all very, right. Very but cool reveal. I, but it has its place I in know. creepypasta right. or in like campfire story. Not We can't be expected to believe this. It's very funny that you said campfire story because on a featurette I saw in a Q&A that Lee Winnell and James Wan felt like they had run out of all their good scares with <laughs> yeah. Insidious. And so they were trying to figure out new ways to scare the audience. Mm. And a lot of their scares came from telling original ghost stories back and forth. Yeah. And then finding out what could work and put into the movie. And I feel yeah. like this is this has to be one it of them. It has yeah. to be. It has to be. But I will say that much like with every single creepypasta I've ever read, there are some holes there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fine. But Carl asks why Parker was in the hospital in the first place, and Lorraine says he was there because he tried to castrate himself. This is at the top when I had talked about part of it being problematic. Mm -hmm. This is what I was talking about. Yeah. Because it's not, I don't want to say it's not revisited again, because I guess it clumsily is if you want to put these two things hand in hand, which they don't necessarily go hand in hand. No. Um, Again, I can't speak more concretely because we haven't gotten there. Right. But it's, uh, it's, problematic right right this being kind of a throwaway statement that carries a lot of fucking weight that Mm. isn't addressed or properly contextualized within the story right it's um a pretty dangerous i don't want to say cliche but almost overly used Mm. you know well it's a trope that trope yeah yeah Yeah. um and it, it is dangerous for the fact that there's no proper context for this very big statement that we're just going to throw out here and never talk about again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily marry well with the material. No, it does. That's why I'm like, why couldn't he, you know, maybe have tried to hurt himself another way or tried to, uh, or maybe he had gotten hurt by something while Uh he was doing something. But I, I feel like it's just a very big, can you guys fucking believe this? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. And I do also want to point out that he is a very old man. So maybe he's just in the hospital. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it could have been Literally. anything. Yeah. I don't know. There is one issue that I have that maybe if it were explained better, would explain this better, mm-hmm. but none of it is explained no, properly no. or to my satisfaction at least. Right. And I'll kind of get to it. I can't really talk about it yet, but I'll get to it later where I'm like, could this be happening instead? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not, no, <laughs> it's not explained. And my thing about it as well is that when I say that it doesn't marry with the material of the film, I mean kind of because it's been like a spooky fun situation. Yeah. Right. And then they just kind of dump that on yeah. you. But it also doesn't marry well with as the characterization of who we learn Parker to be. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. If you're trying to make that the same thing, because it's not. Yeah. No. But if that's what you're trying to do, you still didn't explain <laughs> it right no. or properly. And it also fucks with the entire motivation behind everything that this character is doing. Right. right. So I just I feel like it was just not. 
necessary, necessary warranted, appropriate, <laughs> successful in any yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, back at Lorraine's house, Josh groans standing in the mirror. He then reaches into his mouth and pulls out a loose tooth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no. Well, if you're confused as to what's going on, we will learn exactly what's going yeah. on <laughs> in a matter of seconds. <laughs> Josh begs, no, not yet. And from behind a shower curtain, the woman in white very plainly says, your dead soul is killing his living skin. Josh says that he wants to live, and she says he can, but only if he kills them. He cries out, please, mother, don't make me do it. She tells him he has to, or he'll waste away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I yeah. get the tooth now. Um, <laughs> I don't, what does him killing the rest of the family, how does that preserve Josh's body? Because the shining, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Got it. I, I think my thing is maybe the killing kind of satiates the demon soul. Right. And maybe gives it the power to not fall apart. Maybe. That's the only I thing. Yeah. I will say I don't appreciate the conversation that's had here at all. No, yeah. I don't. Um, but if you needed it because you're like wow what we're doing really is confusing and people are going to get lost yeah um <laughs> now is not the place for it no because no. something happens in a minute that it's like but we already fucking know yeah, you yeah. already yeah. told us and it's just funny that she's in the shower and she's like okay here's why that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> i know this is, i yeah i know this fucking this sucks is <laughs> <laughs> but i think that is my main issue is that it look we already know that josh has a ghost demon on board that's yes. fine. That's fine. But now we know that not only is it killing him, but he has to kill the family for the spirit to nosh. And we kind of just give everything away in one fell swoop. Yeah. 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 Which I would have liked to have organically learned. And we've already got this cool like Scooby-Doo mystery thing going on yeah. at the hospital. That would have been a much better avenue to learn more about what is going on here. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know the screenwriting process or what was cut or what was asked to be changed. So I mean that yeah. unfortunately that is always a factor, but I can only go on the plate that was placed in front of me, uh -huh. and uh, I'm just moving it around. I'm not eating it. <laughs> You're Tony Soprano. I'm Tony Soprano, just <laughs> moving the food around. But back at the hospital, Tucker finds Parker's patient file, and they go through it. Just a sidebar that I learned from the featurette: a lot of the stuff that's in this hospital is just in this hospital. Yeah. Oh, wow. So these are real records. Oh, cool. nice. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. But they find Parker's address in one of the files, and Carl posits that there's something there. What did you guys think of it being somebody that she knew when they were alive? I'm kind of okay with that because having Parker meet Josh yeah makes it make a little more sense so when he goes in the further it's like i know that little asshole like, yeah. kid he was in my room <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking with the machines well um it it i'm kind of with you it did work for me and i'm glad that they didn't have like a big kind of relationship so it wasn't like that oh, it was somebody too, we know yeah. the whole time <laughs> that would yeah. be it was way just too much. kind of like uh it was a patient that she knew and helped and or tried and then you know what i mean yeah but i i i have a different kind of take on what happened here and uh -huh. i'll say it a little later but uh i'm with you this did kind of work for me okay i think we might be on the same page okay but we'll find out but back at Lorraine's house, Renee wakes up screaming and Josh rushes in to calm her down. 
She asks where Callie is, and Josh says that she's in her room sleeping. Renee doesn't believe him and heads upstairs to see for herself. She finds Callie in her crib, just like Josh said. So this was weird to me because the baby was gone. Yeah, yeah like disappeared. So it was the the woman just like, no, nah, I'm just playing. Yeah. Like after she bitch slapped Renee. I, I don't guess. know. It I just didn't know. make. I was like, no, she's not. She's not. And then she goes in the room and I was like, oh, the baby's oh, fine. Yeah, she's fine. It was just weird. Right. Well, did she actually hit the baby or was that just. I don't know. But she hit Renee. Yeah. yeah. And the baby was gone because when she went in there, she was gone. You know, uh, some questions I think just yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but after giving Callie a quick hug and hold or whatever that cradle thing is called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a parent. But they head outside into the hall and Renee explains that she was attacked by a woman in the living room. She says they need to get the kids and leave. But Josh reminds her that that didn't work last time. He says they need to just relax and just not be afraid. Renee is not about that life and says there are ghosts everywhere. It's like they're already dead. Josh is like, no, it's not. Josh is like, it's yeah. not, not at all. It's not like I'm <laughs> dead and yeah. possessing right. your husband. Right like, there. I was like, there's a flag on the plate. Because <laughs> <Yeah. was> like, <laughs> he does. He's like, yeah. no, it's not. And it's like, God whoa, damn it, dude. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You're so yeah. bad at this. <laughs> he tells her that it's nothing like being dead. He's seen that. He says that these things want what they have, life, but they have no power over them. Just ignore them and they'll go away. This method actually has Paul Anka's guarantee. I was just about to say, just don't look. Yeah. Just don't look. <laughs> but their conversation is interrupted by the sound of the piano playing. Josh and Renee head downstairs, but the music stops as soon as they get to the door. Renee stands at the piano, recognizing the chords that she heard. She begins to play the song that she was writing in the first film. Josh is like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, What's that shit you're yeah, playing? What the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> she tells him that that's the song that's been playing. He's like, what song? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just like, read the room. Yes. How, is, what would it hurt for you to be like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least pretend. Yeah. But she's very confused. Yeah. And she reminds him that it's the song that she wrote for him. Josh, realizing he's fucked up, is like, look, it's not about the song. Yeah. <laughs> is he a ghost now or what? Like, oh, my God, lady. Clearly. Don't you see what's happening? <laughs> so clearly. It's like, it's not the song we should be worried about. <laughs> he says there's somebody in this house, and then he leaves the room. Renee watches him go into the living room and pick up a baseball bat. I don't know what he plans to. Yeah. <laughs> but elsewhere, the crew breaks into Parker's abandoned house. I love that we're just casually breaking yeah. into yeah. places. And Tucker's joking around. He smashes the window and he goes, they left the window yeah. open. <laughs> like, dude, you are trespassing. Yeah. <laughs> but once inside, Carl stops for a moment. He clearly feels something is wrong here and sums it up by telling the group that not many good things happened in this house. They venture on, coughing at an awful smell. Specs and Tucker head upstairs where they find an old-fashioned baby carriage with a doll inside. In more handheld shots, they break into one of the rooms, and Tucker assumes that it's Parker's bedroom. Specs notices a dollhouse, saying it's a little too girly for a boy's room, but Tucker retorts that he had a dollhouse growing up, and that this one right here is a Rhode Island Red. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like that back and forth, because Specs got his ignorance checked immediately. Uh -huh. yeah. I was like, good. Yeah. But when they turn to leave, several wooden horses covered in cobwebs rock in unison. I was laughing because they turned to leave and the it looked like they were nodding like, yes, yeah. go, yeah, get, yeah, it, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Trust me, dude. 
I'd do it. I'd be scared as fuck, but I'd go in there. Really? Yeah. I'd be super scared, but I I mean if if somebody was like, No, let's go together. Uh-huh. You're not leaving me. Let's go together. Yeah, no, we're but holding hands. <laughs> yeah. But I, then we need to get out. I think I would go, but then the second those horses started rocking, I'd be like, Yeah, let's I'm gonna yeah. listen to the horses. <laughs> we saw what we needed to see. Yeah. <laughs> But behind them, a child runs by screaming, this is my room. Specs lowers his camera, and in the upside-down shot, we see that child with pigtails in a dress sitting on the bed facing away from them. Do you want to know how fucking, like... I don't I don't want to say traumatized, but <laughs> salty I still am. I thought that was Annabelle for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're in and this I was like, too. Yeah, I was like, I'm turning fuck. this off. I was like, this is not even the right franchise. No. Like you need to calm down. You're like <laughs> preemptively mad. Well, that's how evil she is. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's like I'm haunting shit you I'm like. Not, I'm not gonna <laughs> But the child tells them that they can't be here and says, if she sees you, she'll make me kill you. All right, I'm going to head out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the line. <laughs> the men promptly leave. But Specs does peek his head back into the room and sees that the child is gone. Back at Lorraine's house, Dalton is asleep in his bed. He hears a voice coming through the tin can calling his name. The voice says that it has something to show him. Assuming that it's Foster, he's like, go to bed. Yeah. You're going to get that, us in trouble. That, that's clearly not Foster. No, yeah. it's clearly like a woman's voice. See, this is what I'm saying. They don't even know this boy's voice. Yeah. No. And <laughs> didn't he make these damn cups in the string? He's not even using them anymore. Foster made that's the cup. Okay, yeah. I was like, Foster's no, give like, him his credit. I got this cup and ball now. No, yeah. He's like, check out what I made. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, kid. You mean check out what yeah, I made. This is yeah. my prop now. <laughs> the ghost is like i'm not foster yeah like, what the fuck even the ghost is like who the fuck is yeah. this? do you pay attention to your brother at all like god damn we've been watching for a while yeah. and it's, this is neglect <laughs> but dalton immediately turns on the lamp next to his bed he follows the string with his eyes and discovers that the other tin can is inside the closet both doors slightly ajar the can lifts causing the line to go taut Dalton whispers for Foster to wake up, but to no avail. Foster's like, oh, so now you want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I fucking exist. Oh, yeah. Cool, yeah. great. But the doors creak open, and Dalton bravely whispers into the can, who are you? The voice responds, the ones he killed. We are many. He asks what they want, and a ghoulish girl busts out of the closet running for the door. She turns to Dalton, filthy, and begs him for help. Her screams come through the can, sounding far away and distorted. There's very cool sound design. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. But she runs back toward the closet, and so Dalton turns his head, but he finds dozens of people surrounding him. He realizes that he is once again astral projecting, standing at the side of his bed. As the ghouls reach for his body, he hops back in bed, screaming as the ghouls tear at his sheets. As the sheets rip away, they reveal Renee, who has woken Dalton up and holds him as he cries. Dalton's like, too fast. <laughs> Foster looks so funny when he wakes what, up and looks the... over. Yeah. He's like, oh, what happened? You were awake that whole time, dude, hiding be... under the blanket. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, if I just wait, they'll take him. No, I'd be like, I'm going to have to insist that I get my own room. Yeah. Like, I'm. this is too much. Yeah. I, did, I did laugh now that I come to think of it, because when he does wake up, he, he kind of looks like, this better be important. Yeah. It's <laughs> like so it's Dalton again. Yeah, this right, fucking bullshit. Again, I'm dude. sick of it. Yeah. The Dalton show. Okay. Yeah. 
But Renee comforts her son, telling him it was just a dream, but totally knowing that it wasn't. I did like that transition shot between the further and reality. Yeah, for sure. They do that really well. Yeah. But downstairs, Josh sits alone in the piano room. He says, you're trying to reach her, but you won't. He stands, still holding the bat, and remarks, shadows are your home now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really just insult to injury. (laughs) (laughs) But he leaves, and the camera pans over to the piano, where we quickly cut to the same room, but in the further, as the real Josh sits at the piano with a lantern, screaming for help. Josh is like Skinner. Yeah. I'm in here. <laughs> but listen, though, this would have been such a brilliant reveal uh-huh. if we didn't already see him pulling out teeth and talking yeah. to his mother in the bathroom. hundred yeah. percent. If there was any way that they could have maybe made it ambiguous that is something going on with right, Josh right. or like, is he trying to fight it off? If there was any way that it wasn't so concrete, this man is fucking possessed. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's ripping out his teeth. This would have been such a fucking beautiful reveal that Josh is stuck. Right. Yeah. It would have been brilliant, but it was really undercut by him ripping out <laughs> 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 and being like, I'm certainly not a comedian. Yeah. yeah. But didn't at the end of the movie when he was choking at least you seen that that it was no, really the it ghost? No, it was, but I, I feel like if there was, I don't know, any kind of way that maybe he's fighting it or he's not fully possessed right. or I don't okay, know, okay, that maybe yeah. Josh is still in there somewhere. Some, yeah. This would have been so like, it's so sad because uh-huh. he's trying and trying and they're just like, oh my God, there's ghosts in the yeah. house, but it's him. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. This would have been a, a really brilliant reveal if, right. if we didn't already fucking yeah. know yeah. like <laughs> 10 times over. And we know clearly. Oh, oh yeah. 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 No, there's no room for doubt. I think that one thing that kind of makes it a little difficult is, of course, his story saying that something followed him back and killed Elise. Yeah. But then where did it go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Renee never asked that question because we saw all the other ghouls like recede back into the further Uh and then they were chilling out, eating spaghetti. They're putting equipment away. So there's a lot of time that passes to where, how the fuck did this thing still stick around and then just bail? Yeah. Yeah. But nobody ever. No. They've not explained it. (laughs) They've not explained it. (laughs) But I do agree that the reveal is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's just a shame. It's just kind of ruined by that because that would have been like yeah. such a it's like so like jarring yeah, and sad yeah. the way that they show it. But it's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We've been new. He was in the further, but OK. But it does set up a very sincere moment that that'll pull at your heartstrings later. It, yeah. Or, yeah. Patrick Wilson, he's just good at that. Though. Yeah, he's great. The most sincere actor working yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it this episode. Well, so there it you is. Gotta- <laughs> But back at the crane house, Carl uses his dice to make contact with Elise again, asking why she brought them here. Unbeknownst to him, screws in a chandelier overhead are loosening themselves. The dice simply say, Mors, which is Latin for death. Yes, because now is the time to flex yeah. our Latin. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. And you don't hear those old ass screws. Yeah. yeah. They're squeaky as hell. It's like, yeah. The house is all quiet. He's like, oh, it's filled with baby yeah. mouse. <laughs> <laughs> baby mice. I said it's just one. Just one mouse. <laughs> just one mouse. <laughs> it's very talkative. Yeah. Yes. But Lorraine joins him in the room and finds a painting of the woman in white standing behind the child in the dress and pigtails. She recognizes her as the woman that she saw in her house. But just then, the chandelier crashes to the floor, Carl thankfully saving Lorraine just in the nick of time. 
The commotion brings Specs and Tucker downstairs, and amidst spooky sounds throughout the house, thuds and slamming doors, Carl realizes that they haven't been speaking to Elise. You had one job, yeah. Scrabbles. Yeah. <laughs> one fucking job, dude. Well, I mean, in all fairness, Don't it seemed him. like it was like the spirit was helping them. It did. I'd be like, tell me something that only the real Elise would know. How long have you been wearing cropped pants and scarves? <laughs> 86. <laughs> oh, that's Elise. There we go. I will say that I did kind of die a little bit because after he's like, you know, is this Elise? The dice go, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's very gotcha, simple. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> But the dice reveal who they've been in contact with. Mother Mortis, the mother of death. Carl takes this to mean, literally, the mother of Parker Crane. But it's not literally. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, like... I don't know. Yeah, I it's been a, a long little, night. I was a little confused. <laughs> Carl's like, we really just need to wrap this up. <laughs> but after hearing sounds behind a bookshelf, Tucker knocks on it and gets emphatic knocks in response from the other side. The men move the bookshelf and everyone begins to gag from the smell. Their camera reveals dozens of corpses covered like sheet ghosts. For some reason, Tucker lifts one to look underneath and he almost loses his lunch in the process. Yeah, I didn't understand. I mean, I get the curiosity, but I think we kind of know what's going on. I feel like we know what's under there. I've gathered, but he's like, oh, let me see. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see some freaky shit. (laughs) But Specs finds a box full of newspaper clippings about the bride in black, and he recognizes the name. He reads from one of the clippings where a woman who escaped described her attacker as an old woman wearing a black wedding gown and veil. Another article proclaims that the bride in black has claimed his 15th victim. On a mannequin in the room, though, they do find a black wedding gown and veil. Carl touches it, and it triggers a (laughs) cutscene. In his vision... Parker puts on makeup as a woman behind him, tied up, cries through a gag. Parker then puts on the wedding dress and gown and grabs a bone saw as the woman screams. Carl says what we've probably already figured out. Parker wore that dress as a disguise to commit his murders. He killed for his mother because she forced him to. But but why? Why? What was the mother's motive? They've not explained it. <laughs> right. Plus, he doesn't really seem like in that short little clip of him getting ready to kill that lady. He kind of seems like he's enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's having a blast. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, so this I is don't... all so muddled and confusing because on one hand, he's a monster. I mean, I guess even if he was doing it against his will, he's right. a monster still. But right. it, it felt it didn't feel like he was being forced. And so maybe even in that like right. flashback, it could have been her yelling in the background or just shut her up, Parker. Yeah. Her, or, I don't fi- I don't I don't know. No, man. Yeah, because in Red Dragon, he hears his <laughs> his grandma telling him all the time in his head shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, no. But he's doing it because of that. Yeah. This dude doesn't seem I like did that's get, what's no, going I on. did get uh, this was giving Red Dragon a little bit I for love me Red as Dragon. well. <laughs> yeah. I was getting psycho vibes in a way. That yeah. too, for sure. Because part of me was wondering, I was like, well, okay, if we have this the further right and his mother is clearly a spirit in the further he's also in the further now right but what if when he was alive his mother took over his vessel that's okay and was killing these people right that's what would make sense that's why i was like i can't really get into it yet but and then it's even more apparent later where i'm like is there a way that they were fused or something right right. that they're that they're both because there's a moment that you're like, wait, that, that makes yeah, no yeah. fucking yeah. sense. 
intense, but we'll get there. Why is that hurting you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll explain. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> But Carl says that Parker wanted his childhood back, which is why his spirit went after Josh. The next morning, we see Renee parking in front of Lorraine's house. But before she can retrieve Callie from the back seat, Lorraine pops up, scaring the shit out of her. <laughs> like, Lorraine, you've been gone for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she tells Renee that she needs to speak with her and asks where Josh and the kids are. Josh has not been feeling well and has been in bed all day. And Dalton and Foster are at a neighbor's house. Lorraine tells her that everyone is in danger and that she needs to get in the car and she'll explain everything. Renee asks if she's been seeing spirits around the house too, but Lorraine tells her that it is not the house. It's Josh. As the car pulls away, we get an overhead shot very reminiscent of a shot from The Exorcist yeah. with Josh opening his eyes. So I hope she knows he's a ghost now. Like, I mean, his mom's telling you. Yeah. Right. So you just need yeah. to go ahead and let go. What more yeah. do you need? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say I kind of feel bad because I don't want to say that Rose Byrne didn't have a lot to do in this film. Right. But she kind of doesn't have a lot to do in this film. She doesn't. And she's really great. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You want to see more of her. a little wasted. Yeah. In a van outside the house, Spex watches as Lorraine and Renee speed off. He hops into the back with Tucker, who is fitting Carl with a listening device. They argue over the code word to call for help. In all honesty, both options are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. They <laughs> said, "Should be these pretzels are making me thirsty." <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's quesadilla. quesadilla or unicorn. Yeah. How the hell? <laughs> and the thing is, is like Specs is like, "Well, how is quesadilla gonna come up in conversation?" But he's pushing for unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Where old Tucker's like, "You could just be like, do you have any uh, quesadilla?" Yeah. <laughs> he said, "I'm hungry. It's I lunchtime. Yeah. It's quesadilla time." <laughs> there, I, I will admit, they bring a lot of levity. Yeah. They do. They're great together. Yeah, and I, I appreciate them here. I did <laughs> see in like a Q&A thing that Jason Blum almost asked them to cut them out of the film, the first Why? one, or at least taper them down to where yeah. they weren't so prevalent. Mm. But I like they're, them. I, they're great together. Yeah. But Carl says that it doesn't matter what the code word is and that they'll know if he needs help. But most importantly, Tucker gives Carl a tranquilizer to use on Josh. Where did they get that? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and it looks green like Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is just Baja Blast. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Believe it'll work. <laughs> this is battery acid, you slide. But speaking of Josh, inside the house, he makes his way to the kitchen where he finds a note from Lorraine on the fridge saying that she's taking Renee shopping. I just want to say Josh has looked better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like, know. Shit, dude. <laughs> but he hears a knock at the door and it's Carl. He introduces himself and Josh doesn't remember him at all. He explains how he and Elise helped him when he was a child. And now that Elise is gone, he was hoping to talk to Josh to get some closure. Almost reluctantly, but with a bit of understanding, Josh lets him inside. Elsewhere, Renee and Lorraine park on the curb and Lorraine explains everything about Parker Crane and how his spirit has taken over Josh. Renee admits that when she looked into his eyes yesterday, she didn't recognize him at all and she was actually scared of him. Well, he was being pretty scared. Yeah, he was. <laughs> it hurt to it's like just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. right. I feel like it's been a few yeah. days at this point. It was the good. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But Lorraine tells her that Carl is at the house now trying to sedate Josh. Once he's out, they're going to reach out to the real Josh, but Renee worries that they won't be able to find him. I feel like they're putting a lot of faith in Carl, whose track record is a little dicey. <laughs> 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 
I'm just saying. She's like, yeah. no, Carl will take yeah. care of it. No, it'll be fine. When you called him the first time, he had to call in Elise. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then this time we went on a fucking scavenger hunt and we weren't even talking yeah. to Elise. <laughs> it's like, I Dude, don't know. It, we, you got on to Heather for getting people lost in the Blair Witch Project, but yeah. Carl, <laughs> you fucking up. He's like, uh, guys, we were <laughs> never talking to Elise. <laughs> this is not Elise. It's actually the mother of death. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. That's on me. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but back at the house josh is coughing and looking more and more like <laughs> absolute shit he says he has no idea what happened to elise and carl reminds him that he has an open mind about the supernatural so whatever he has to say or any ideas that he has it's not going to freak him out josh then explains the entire venture into the further to rescue dalton but says that when they got back he left the room for 10 minutes and then came back to find elise dead this is when Carl notices an errant tooth uh, <laughs> just sitting there on the floor. Yeah. When I tell you I busted out <laughs> laughing, the fact that he's losing teeth at such an accelerated yeah. rate that yeah. he can't keep track of them. Well, <laughs> or that it just was there. Yes. Just, so, uh, <laughs> the fact that it's there because in the bathroom he took it out or whatever. But here, you mean to tell me he's walking through the living room, <laughs> yeah. rips out a tooth and just Love throws it on? <laughs> Come like on. Like a candy bar wrapper. <laughs> come on man but carl slides the tooth toward him casually pretending to drop his glasses and scooping the tooth and his glasses back up he asks josh if he saw the old woman who used to haunt him in the other world but josh says that he didn't josh is like i've never seen an old woman in my life yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about i don't know why i feel like he it would have made more sense if he coped to it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, I yeah. did see her there and I saw her get pushed back yeah. into the fucking further. It's just, you're denying too much too fervently. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. The whole time, Josh, this whole film, it's just the funniest shit in the world. It is. But Carl tries to walk by and Josh grabs his arm asking very almost threateningly if he would like something to drink yeah i'm good on drinks but i would love a quesadilla yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's lunchtime it's quesadilla time yeah right then and there that's when you should have said that but carl stammers asking for a glass of water as josh leaves to retrieve it carl looks at the bloody tooth and then readies the syringe josh is standing behind him now just watching his every move yeah (laughs) Like he's, he's clearly right doing something. <laughs> it's like he walked out of the room, turned around, came right back. Yeah. <laughs> he had a cup of water waiting, I yeah. guess. But Josh asks what he has there, and Carl turns around with nothing. So that was pretty well played. Yeah. Yeah. Josh says that he thought he was playing with his dice. Mother says he likes to play with dice. He says it's so condescending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your little fucking dice. <laughs> But Carl says that he didn't realize that Josh spoke to Lorraine this morning, but says he does use dice for his readings. This is when Carl notices that Josh is clearly hiding something (laughs) behind his back. He asks what it is, and Josh tells him to consult the dice to find out. Mother said he was very good with them at the house. With a big smile, he tells Carl, it'll be fun. (laughs) Carl gives it a go, asking, what does Josh then corrects himself. What is Parker Crane hiding behind his back? When he says Josh, Josh smiles like, yeah, yeah that's me. Man, he's, he's like, fucking like, right job. <laughs> <laughs> He's eating this shit up. There was a little featurette that they had talked about the costume design. Yeah. And you have Josh in the further wearing a red flannel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this scene, Parker Josh, 
who I'll just refer to as PJ from now on, <laughs> <laughs> has a robe on that is red plaid, but it's off red. So it's not quite yeah. yes. And so the co- the costume designer had said that she had done that, so it would kind of be like a subtle cue to the audience that he that something's not right. Yeah, but we already but know we already that. Know, so. <laughs> it's like real subtle. Yeah. <laughs> his entire performance, he made. Yeah. You know, his robe. It's There's something right. right here. Yeah. Something's wrong. <laughs> Got me crazy. Can't uh, put my finger on it, but. As soon as he says, what does Parker Crane have behind his back? PJ's smile fades. <laughs> PJ. <laughs> he drops the dice and the camera zooms in on the word knife. Hot hand in a dice game. Clank it, clank it, clank. So who's telling him? That's Is a it great a question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's Parker's mother. Yeah. Maybe. But why, why does she, she warn him? him? <laughs> confused i don't know but it's a cool you got that zoom yeah the thing is everything that i'm nitpicking about looks fucking cool it it sounds fucking cool but when you stop and think it just doesn't make sense not so much pj says mother was always right revealing the knife behind his back in the van specs and tucker are like shit okay i i have another issue here well they yeah They've only heard. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm like, they heard the knife or I feel like when Carl was like, what does Parker Crane have behind his back? That's when they should have said shit and ran inside. Maybe it's an editing thing. uh, It was annoying. because He he takes out the knife and it's like, they look at each other like like they saw the knife, but they didn't. They set up up cameras. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a knife. But they rush out to help Carl. Unfortunately, Carl and PJ are tussling, Carl being no match for him and missing him entirely with a syringe, muttering quesadilla in the process of being choked out. That made me sad. (laughs) He's like, please. (laughs) Specs goes to help, but gets rocked in the face and stumbles face first into a wall. Tucker, who grabbed a taser from the van, tases PJ, but gets stabbed in the ass with the tranquilizer, eventually falling on top of Specs. Specs, unable to move, is promptly knocked out by PJ. You want to be my latex salesman? It's like you guys really <laughs> fucked this whole thing up. It just made me laugh when Specs was trying to get out from under Tucker. Yeah. He, it's like, I'm sure you could do better <laughs> yeah. than that. It's barely I, trying. I won't even lie. I did not like this little clumsy. It was what, just it was, one thing after another. Yeah, it was very slapstick yeah, yeah but not in a good way <laughs> oh because it was like one thing after the other and then it's like come on dude you guys really you botched this whole thing you heard him in trouble and y'all waited to the like you said waited until yeah. he uh-huh. pulled out until like, they heard I guess, the yeah they, <laughs> they heard him pull out the knife and they're like was that a knife yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you you know what i mean like you said when they called him by name they should have been hauling ass inside mm-hmm. and then for him to get stabbed with the tranquilizer then slowly fall on his friend and then his friend's like no <laughs> come on dude I was, it, it could have just for me it could have been a little more i don't want to say believable because his movies you know yeah. what i mean but it could have been a just a little more like they put up a fight right and because it didn't seem like they really did i mean specs is true to form because he got his ass kicked in insidious yeah, yeah. but i feel like they could have i mean you have three people in the room yeah I know that Parker is strong, apparently. Right. But you could have figured something out. Yeah. <laughs> My question, too, was who measured out the tranquilizer? Because Tucker's a big fucking yeah. dude. Oh. And it yeah. took him out. Like, were you trying to kill Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't I care. Don't- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Carl wakes up in the further, pulled to his feet by the real Josh who recognizes him. He's like, he killed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Yeah. I'm just like, y'all really made this man's last word quesadilla. Yeah, like, yeah. I would haunt the <laughs> shit out of you for that. Josh says that he's trapped here, getting weaker, and Parker is going to kill his family unless he gets back. Carl says they need to find Elise. The front door of the house opens and Carl remarks, into the further we go. PJ, meanwhile, is losing his shit in the bathroom. <laughs> he's fucking going through it, dude. His mother is reminding him that he has to kill the Lamberts, and he's just like, get out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Again, Patrick Wilson is having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> but he gives every ounce of himself. Yes, and it's great. It's just very kind of funny. It yeah. is. But we cut to Renee dropping Callie off with a friend before returning to Lorraine in the car, who apparently got a message from Tucker saying they're ready. So you're telling me PJ fucking grabbed Tucker's phone and he's like, yeah. head back, <laughs> head back to the house. As nitpicky as I've been, that didn't even register no, with me. Yeah. That's hilarious. I thought the same thing. It's I like, was like, man, all is fuck? good. Yeah. Yeah. Come home now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Tucker was preemptive. He's like, no, Carl's on the case. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Yeah. But in the further, Josh calls out to Elise, but the only response is disembodied screams. Carl goes, don't do that. <laughs> Carl then stops as Josh holds out the lantern, telling him that there's someone standing right in front of him. Josh sees nothing, but Carl repeats it. He says that the person is saying, he's got your baby. He's got your baby. We then see the old man in the further, played by Jack Walsh, repeating, he's got your baby in a gravelly voice. He's, I think he's naked. Yeah. Uh, at the very, at the most, he had panties on. But yeah. my, my question is, and I know I said this in the first one too, I want to know what the fuck this dude's story is. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he was pretty creepy looking. He, yeah. That was a character. Yeah. Like, that was a choice. Yeah. But he's helpful. Yeah. yeah he's like, listen, dude, you yeah. might want to head yeah. over. I, I, know I'm, <laughs> I know I'm frightening, I'm but there hell. are bigger <laughs> fish to fry. <laughs> if only he had a nice ass, he could yeah. have done the uh, Mothman uh, Now that I've got your attention. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to point out his casting, uh, Jack Walsh, was because James Wan saw him in Eraserhead, the David Lynch uh, film. And so he cast him from that. I still need to that. see that. Right. Yeah, me too. But the old man points, and in that direction, we see the Lambert's house from the first film. We're taken back to the night in the first film when shit first started popping off. The kids are asleep, Dalton is still in a coma, and in the master bedroom, Renee tells Josh about the voice she heard on the baby monitor. In the further, present-day Josh watches as the long-haired fiend, played by Jay LaRose, paces outside of the Lambert home, eventually making his way inside. He smiles at Josh as Callie cries on the baby monitor. Josh rushes to the front door and bangs on it, getting the attention of past Josh and Renee. He goes to check it out while Renee checks on Callie, and seeing no one at the door, past Josh sets the alarm. Now, I did see these scenes side by side, mm -hmm. and they color graded the scene to look more natural because it was way more blue. Uh huh. Uh, in the first film, okay. but with this contrast now, you have Josh in the further yeah. that looks more blue. Yeah. yeah. So if you had them both kind of blue, it would have been weird. Yeah. But this way, they're like, no, this is real life. Yeah. yeah this is the further. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the whole film. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very glad that this worked because uh -huh. yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's fucking great. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it was so weird in the first film. Yeah. Because I I know I was confused. No. Well, yeah. Because it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Just shit uh, being yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
But the scene does play out as it did in the first film, with Renee heading into Callie's room and seeing the long-haired fiend standing behind the curtain. Present Josh pushes the door open, sounding the alarm that we heard in the first film. Yeah. He runs up to Callie's room and begins to fight with the fiend. He gets his ass whooped for a good long while. Yeah, I said Josh got his spirit ass yeah. kicked. It made me laugh, too, when Josh, real Josh, I guess, I don't know, comes down and then looks outside and locks the door or whatever. Further, Josh goes, Josh, no. <laughs> no, that was great. Like, well, Biddy can't say me. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It just made me laugh because I don't know if I would have the wherewithal to, to know say that that's my you? own name. I don't know. It was just really funny. Josh, no. Josh, no. But out of nowhere, a lantern appears and a voice shouts for the fiend to go to hell. His face burns and he's catapulted through the window. The person holding the lantern turns around and we see that it's Elise, played by Lynn Shay. The queen has yeah. arrived. Mm-hmm. That lamp is a beast. Oh, shit, yeah. Super hot. Burn, <laughs> kill that thing. <laughs> Dude, he just looked at it in his yeah, face. Like, ah. Too much. I did obviously appreciate seeing her back. Yeah. I think it would have been way more impactful if we didn't hear her voice at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, but whatever. It's fine. But she helps Josh to his feet and they hug each other. Josh apologizes for everything, including the fact that she's here now. Elise tells him that everyone passes through here, but hopefully it's on their way to somewhere better. Yeah, I hope so, because yeah. this place is scary yeah, as fuck. Yeah, this place fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> it was all for this? Fuck. Yeah, goddamn. But she says that she's actually seen the better place, but she came back when she heard Josh calling. She's like, even dead, I got to fucking... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're exhausting, God dude. Goddamn. But best of all, she thinks she can help. She notices Carl, who himself apologizes for failing her. She says that he didn't fail her and gives him a hug too. But she says that the parasite that followed Josh back, she has a home with all her memories that can be used against her to drive her out of Josh's body. The only thing is, Josh doesn't remember where to find it. This is when Elise posits that they might be asking the wrong Josh. Mm-hmm. We're taken back to that night in 1986, right after young Elise was slashed in the arm by that ghoul. Everything slows down and the color palette changes to that of the further. Josh walks in, asking young Josh how to find the old woman. Josh stands behind him, and in shots intercut between reality and the further, young Josh stands up and says, I'll show you. It's like, oh! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. And see, this is the puzzle that I'm loving. Yeah. yeah. But young Josh walks into the hall and points to a door just like he did before. Only Josh opens it and we watch it open by itself in 1986. In the further, Elise is like, oh, yeah. so that's what that was about. <laughs> I, I didn't like that. I uh, did? I didn't. I don't. We know. We, you just showed us. Yeah, You I didn't guess. need to be like, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, but I was like, oh. From the beginning, we were all confused. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like if she didn't say something, it would have been weirder. If she's just like, yeah, let's well, go. Well, maybe, maybe just, uh, okay, you know what yeah. I mean? But I thought it was cute. It was a little, I and I can't believe I'm saying that, but it was a little silly. I'll I always like, give ah. Lin Shea a pass. Yeah. Uh, I just, I didn't, I was, I was just like, I don't know if I really needed that. We just seen. We did. What happened. Maybe just a, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Uh, or okay. But, could you imagine if she was like, oh, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. fuck. <laughs> But the group reaches a red door and heads inside. Back in reality, Renee and Lorraine arrive at home, calling out to Carl and Josh, but getting no response. They head into the dining room where PJ sits in the dark, spinning something on the table. 
Lorraine asks if Carl stopped by, but he says that he didn't. Lorraine turns on the light and the camera glides in and we see that he looks like absolute death. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a shell of a man. He yes. looks fucking terrible. When she turned the light on, I was expecting him to be like... I feel like that's the only thing that was missing. No, it was so bad. But... I did see on a featurette that they went through, I think, four different transformations for Josh. Yeah. Because he gets progressively worse. Oh, yeah. yeah, he does. And so they said the first makeup was like 45 minutes. Yeah. And then it increased to this one, which took two hours to do. Oof. Damn. Because there's a lot of prosthetics yeah. you can see. He, he looks fucking rough. Yeah. yeah. And he honestly kind of starts to look like Parker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's like a mix. Yeah. You know, it's like Looper, but good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he drops what he was spinning, and we see that it was a die from Carl's bag. So that was a fucking yeah. lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, At least hide the evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, you're horrible. He's playing with it. <laughs> but he immediately charges after them, chasing them through the house. They eventually hide in the piano room, smashing his hand in the door. He's like, these damn yeah. human hands. <laughs> he pulls it back, relishing in the pain, saying he missed it but not as much as he misses inflicting it on others. That was a lot. That was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was too the much. The line was so clunky. I was like, we, we get it, guy. I'm like, come on. You're evil. We yeah. know. That, oh, that line always bothered yeah. me. <laughs> it's really bad. He's like, if I had to rank how much I'm missing things right now. <laughs> inflicting? Yeah. Definitely yeah. higher than this. Number one. But the women block the door with the piano, but he eventually breaks through. He traps Lorraine in the bathroom, locking her inside, and continues chasing Renee into the kitchen. I laugh because when he locked her inside, he goes, I'll be back for you later, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking asshole. It's like, dude, come on. Was the key just in the door? Like, yeah. how do you even lock yeah, her in there and from who, the outside? That's my problem. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't. <laughs> Why is, is that it? happening? Who designed this house? <laughs> but Renee beats him with the pot, and when she turns to run away... He throws a fucking tea kettle yeah. at the back of her head. Well, that was her first mistake was stopping. You should yes. have yeah. kept beating his ass. He wasn't incapacitated no. at all. The oh, way no. that it makes contact and she goes down, though, it looks like a skit. Like, it, oh. it was too much. Yeah. <laughs> Still, though, he chunked the shit out of that thing at her. Oh, he did. And yeah. I, she took it like a champ, too. Yeah. My thing is, again, he throws it just hard enough. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> But PJ laments that his mother was right and that he will have to kill them all. Just outside, the babysitter drops off Dalton and Foster. I could not think of a worst. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, hey, they're so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's my thing is it's all dark. Like you can't walk them up that to the was, house. Yeah. She could have walked into the door. She's like, tuck and roll, kids. And not to sound like Billy from Black Christmas, but where's the baby? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, well, <laughs> we, <laughs> we saw her, Renee, right. drop Tally off. At a, it looked like a blonde woman's house. Right, right. How many babysitters <laughs> do you have? I just, I was confused by that. But inside, PJ gets on top of Renee, calling her a miserable, ungrateful bitch. He tells her that she spent so much time being afraid of the dead, and now she's about to become one of them. He tells her that he's going to take her to his home in the dark, and she'll realize how happy she should have been while she had her moment in the sun. I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah. Much better than not as much as I yeah. am this one, but on others. He's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> but he begins to strangle Renee, and when she looks up, all she sees is the bride in black smiling a devious grin. 
We then see Foster in the background screaming. Yeah. <laughs> He's holding his hands like little claws. Yeah. It's like when Flanders saw the purple drapes. <laughs> <laughs> but Dalton appears out of nowhere, whacking PJ in the head with a baseball bat. I wish they would have let Foster do this. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> let the child have a moment. Something. Well, he got that scream. Yeah. <laughs> the scream he got was the great. cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But PJ gets a hold of the bat, and thankfully Renee is able to scoop up the kids, locking them all in the basement. PJ is pissed, and he breaks the bat on the door. Well, dude, fucking clock the shit out of him. What they <laughs> gave him just enough time to get away. Uh huh. And I mean, it's funny because there is no room for miscommunication. No, it's not like he was there next to her. He was literally yeah, he was on no, top yeah. of her, Renee. choking her. Yeah. So he snapped into action. Dalton, great job. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like great job. But in the basement, they lock another door and put a washing machine in front of that to block it. Back in the further, the crew reaches Parker's house and Elise sees visions of Parker's room. They reach his room and find his younger self, played by Tyler Griffin, sitting on his bed in a dress and that pigtailed wig. He rips the wig off, shouting defiantly that his name is Parker. His mother, the woman in white, comes into frame with a drawing of flowers that says, To Mommy, Love Parker. She asks, did you do this? He says that he didn't. And she says, don't you dare and slaps him across the face. So that's what we were seeing. Yeah. 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 I, it's interesting to think about because if you have Parker that's haunting Josh, mm-hmm. Parker still has his mother that's haunting him. Yeah. Yeah. But the- so that might be why she's showing up at the house and shit. Right. Showing up like she's not here. Yeah. <laughs> Is oh, Parker, Parker. Parker finally confesses that he did, and she reminds him, Parker is not your name. She says that's the name his father gave him. His name is Marilyn. She forces him to say it, which he does quietly. Josh, Elise, and Carl are like, should we be here for this? Yeah, Yeah, they're just watching. Yeah. (laughs) This is awful. Oh, yeah. And I know that our focus is on Parker, but I would really like to know what the fuck is going on with his mom and what happened to his dad, too. I think that's the thing is that this movie is an hour 45. Right. And I would love to see more elaboration on the motivations of the mother. Yeah. Really just the entire villain subplot. Because she is pretty scary. Yeah. Well, she... She is, but I we all agree that she's very attractive, right? I'm, I mean, I, her her teeth teeth are like look. We've brown all got problems. Bloody. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing a dentist won't fix. All I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying is that uh, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's, let's just move on. Let's get past it. Like, cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> so I my thing. I think the major thing is like it's very fucked up obviously the abuse right so that seems like it would be a motivator enough mm-hmm. but i my my concern if parker wants to be Marilyn, that's 100 percent fine right right he clearly does not he wants to be parker yeah so what what are what is again what's her motivation what's his motivation what 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 and to me that's the disconnect as to why they said that he was in the hospital i just feel right. like i don't want to say that it's lazy but it's kind of lazy because it's kind of just relying on, oh, he's wearing a dress, right. like fill in the blanks. It's like, no, it's that. That's what I'm saying, that it's harmful because it's yeah. dangerous because you're really like stigmatizing shit that you're not even willing to label or 
tell the complete story of. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why it bothers me because it's not even a cohesive story that y'all are trying to tell. Psycho was a cohesive story. Right. Uh-huh. Like you understood the intention behind the decisions that were being made. There's this, a I'm reason. Just like, yeah. I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah. I, it just doesn't make sense. I think that it would make more sense if, like I suggested, like if Parker's mother died yeah. and then took over Parker's vessel to kill all these women. Yeah. yeah. And then she's just dressing as she dressed. Yeah, but that's not the story that we're being no, given. No, and that would uh, honestly confuse everything because yeah. then why is the bride in black haunting Josh? Like it doesn't make yeah, any I sense. Don't, yeah. I don't, so <laughs> maybe that's, I don't know. <laughs> that might be why they didn't pull that thread. But I just think that it needs some kind of streamlining. You know what honestly would have worked as well? What if like you you just have the abuse subplot as bad as it is, but Parker is her daughter, just period. Yeah. Right. Because then, I mean, it's still, you're still getting what you want. The, I think the hiccup that they had was whenever they did the first Insidious. Right. The a person- A man played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A man played the bride in black. So I think that they got that idea and they wanted to expand on it, but they didn't expand on it in a way that was, I guess, completely thought out. Mm-hmm. or necessarily meaningful right or non non-problematic i was gonna say non-offensive yeah. <laughs> because it is so i mean i don't know unfortunately like it is it just doesn't it you know not not great choices right. i'll just no. say that a lot of different ones could have been made yeah but parker's mother tells him that if he doesn't be a good little girl he'll get but then she goes silent noticing elise standing there with tears in her eyes she points at elise color draining from the shot and her mouth stretching into a growl as a force pulls elise and carl out of the room it is a great shot it oh is. yeah the way that they accomplished that they had them on this little thing i don't remember what it was called mm-hmm. i'm just gonna call it a baby roller coaster yeah. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of pulled them back and snapped them through right but the way that it shows on the film it looks so good oh yeah yeah it's just very well done But back with the Lamberts, in super shaky cam, Dalton offers to go into the further to find Josh. Renee's like, hell no, dude. Yeah. Like, what the, you know, what was the first film about? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what she says to him, no. But he promises he can do it, and since he's apparently in charge, he gets going. It made me laugh because she's like, no, it's too dangerous. I can do it. All right. All right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Got to do what the kid says. But as PJ continues to try to break in, Dalton grabs the tin can phone from his brother and he must have, again, been very tired already because (laughs) I was fucking laughing because the 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 way that this child rolled up to his house, Uh saw his possessed father strangling his mother, attacked his father, Mm -hmm. ran for his life. And immediately took his ass to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> was fucking hilarious oh, to me. Hey, we all crashed from yeah. adrenaline. <laughs> say a lot has happened. Yeah. But venturing into the further, Dalton carries his tin can walking through a red door. In the crane house, Elise yells through the door for Josh to destroy the woman in white and end this. But when Josh turns around, the room is filled with Parker's victims covered in sheets. The woman in white taunts him, and he begins removing sheets from the women. Back in reality, PJ breaks through the first door, finding his way to the basement and trying to smash through that door. Renee hides Foster in a cupboard and arms herself with a hammer. Upstairs, Specs wakes up, checks on Tucker, and rescues Lorraine from the bathroom. They slept through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about all that huge fight in the kitchen and the strangling and screaming. Uh-huh. They slept through all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like Tucker has a reason. Yeah. He's the well, only he's, one. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I guess in Carl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. 
But when PJ breaks through the door, Renee beats his ass with a wrench. I don't. She switched from hammer to wrench. Well, the wrench was on the shelf, and she just grabbed oh. it. Which like, I would have grabbed that too. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, yeah, that's true. But these people take head injuries like nothing. Yeah, yeah. He takes it like a champion, dude. Fuck no. She hits him what like a couple yeah. of times yeah. with that thing, <laughs> and he just throws her to yeah. the floor. No, no wounds, no bleeding, no. no. Fuck. It's like how strong is yeah. Parker, dude? <laughs> But back in the further, Elise begs young Parker to let her in the room to destroy the memories of his mother. Speaking of his mother, Josh finally finds her underneath one of the sheets and she is not fucking around. Nope. Blood pouring from her mouth, she proceeds to strangle Josh. That's what I'm saying, dude. I think she has gingivitis. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably just take a pass. Look, you ever hear a Listerine? <laughs> <laughs> But in the real world, Spex tries to stop Josh from killing Dalton, but just gets his ass kicked again. Yeah. Spex, what did you what did you think was going to happen? Know. Like you have a he's consistent. And what is Dalton on that he's still fucking sleeping? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I realize I just called him Josh again instead of PJ, but there's like eight you Joshes yeah, in this film. There's a few. <laughs> yeah, we know what you mean. I'm trying to keep things normal, but it's it's very difficult. But very cool. In similarly framed shots, we watch as PJ raises a hammer to Dalton's sleeping head, while in the further, Elise raises a chair to Parker's mother, beating the absolute shit out of her. Oh yeah. This is where it gets a little confusing. A very confusing. PJ screams in pain and collapses as we see the bride in black sucked deep into a void of darkness. Parker and his mother are now gone, and Elise tells Josh that it's time to return to the real world. And what's more, Carl is not dead. She apparently felt his heartbeat when she hugged him. And then we get sounds of a heartbeat, which is a lot. It's like, okay, we (laughs) we know what heartbeat is. (laughs) (laughs) But she tells them it's time to live again, but they have to go now. As they rush toward a red door, we watch the world collapse around Elise as it all disappears into darkness. Kind of a sad shot. Very sad, but she's going to the good place for sure. We can only hope. But this is what I'm talking about that I don't understand how defeating her killed Parker. I don't know. Unless there was some way that they were both inhabiting Josh. Josh. But... That wasn't. That's not what y'all I, said. I no. don't know. I'm yeah. just confused. I could, I took it as his mom was such like a negative force or had such a negative impact on him. Mm-hmm. It stuck with him and it haunted him. So even as he was dead, he was still haunted by his mom. Yeah, but wouldn't he be like, I'm free? Like, I mean, not. He shouldn't die. Well, they're I mean, not the same person. Well, but I mean, with all that. Well, that was what I said earlier about the theory of her haunting him which is why she's even in the house right but i think that like killing her yeah what the i don't know dude i'm trying to yeah, figure it out it's weird it doesn't make sense all right. i'm sure it does somewhere but it's maybe okay. like y'all a let, me string. <laughs> <laughs> let me know but the men are quickly lost in the fog descended upon by restless spirits josh backs them away with the lantern but stops when he hears dalton's voice he calls out to them and they find him They then hear Renee's voice coming through the can, begging them to come back. She sounds like a demon (laughs) coming through the can. Well, the can's got its own sound property. It's like, mommy? Yeah. (laughs) I laughed because Carl's like, clever boy. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But they follow Dalton back, Josh and Dalton returning to their bodies. Renee looks suspicious as fuck and for good reason. Yeah, but the kids run to him. Yeah, but and I he, mean he looks great. Like yeah, you saw he how looks he looked fine. a minute yeah, ago. And he looks fine now. Yeah, She's that's still true. like mm. I'll give you that. Yeah. But Josh assures her that it's him and that it's okay. As you said, Dalton and Foster hug him. Yeah. But Renee is still unsure. 
until Josh tells her that he tried everything to reach her. He even played her song. Oh, so when he brings up some shit she did, then she's like, all right, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. you're normal. Yeah. Well, the other she, asshole yeah, was like, like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but he looks fine now. Like I said, the kids are all on him. I mean, I get it, but I would still be suspicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The last time you came back, fucking a bride was, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But Renee says that she should have known it was him. Only he could play her song that badly. They laugh and kiss. The family reunited. They're like, oh, we have fun. Yeah. yeah. It's like a sitcom. <laughs> I laughed because Lorraine pops up and hugs them like, I'm also here. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker then busts into the room a little late for the fight. I mean, he's he, ha- yeah. he can get a pass. He had moxie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if he heard everything was fine and then did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. But later, Carl leads a session of hypnosis to rid Josh and Dalton of their astral projection abilities once and for all. The camera presses in on Josh, who closes his eyes, and we fade to white. But this is until Dalton has children, and they accidentally do the same shit. Well, that's not our problem. It will be. (laughs) Suppressing it isn't the answer. Didn't we learn this already? Well, what the fuck else can they do, dude? Just stop. (laughs) (laughs) He did it accidentally. He did it. In his own room, he was like, oh, shit, I'm not in my body. (laughs) And then he hopped in like a ghost trying to be reborn or whatever. Like, it's not feasible. Just stop it, y'all. Quit it. But from the white, we then dip down from a bright sky as Specs and Tucker arrive at a house knocking on the door. They say they have a message about someone named Allison. Brian, played by Jorge Luis Payo, answers the door. Tucker, eating a Hot Pocket. (laughs) So you couldn't do that in the car? I was going to say, you probably couldn't finish that in the car. But he says they have a close personal friend that's spoken to Allison. Natalie, played by Priscilla Garita, and Annie, a young girl played by Jenna Ortega, join Brian at the door. I was like, oh, she's so little. It was very surprising. But Spex explains, and she's having a moment right now. She is. But Spex explains that they help people. But Annie's like, who's that lady standing behind them? We see it's Elise who politely shushes Annie and lets herself inside. Yeah. She's like, don't blow up my spot. (laughs) (laughs) We then see Allison, played by Danae Rodriguez, sitting catatonic in a chair by the window. Spex explains that when Allison was resuscitated at the hospital, she brought something back with her. Tucker says, many things, and they're here in the house now. Elise tries to talk to Allison, but we hear the familiar creaking sound of the lipstick-faced demon. Elise looks over Allison's head, and we hear ghostly breathing. She then mutters, oh my god, and gasps. We then get the shit-your-pants scary title card of Insidious. (laughs) And the credits roll. She can't even get a break when she's dead. Yeah. Man. No. <laughs> like, God damn. I thought she was going to the good place, you said. Yeah. Right? This ain't it, fam. But I have to ask the customary question. What did you guys think of Insidious Chapter 2? I, I, I stick to what I said at the beginning. I do like the movie. There is some problems and, and some little things I didn't like. And it was confusing. But I... I don't know why I want to apologize for these movies. Like I don't, because <laughs> like I know they do have this movie does have a couple of problems or whatever. But I do like these Insidious movies, mm-hmm. and I know that you know they're not all the best as the first one was, but or they weren't as good as the first one was. But they're still I still like them, and I'll probably still watch them. You know what I mean? Down the line in the future or tomorrow or whenever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do enjoy these movies. 
but I did enjoy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was bad. I just feel like it had a lot of holes. It had a, a lot of issues for me. Yeah. But it's not it's not like a bad movie. No. no. I just feel like it was lazy in some of its execution. Mm-hmm. And uh like I said, a lot of it I I mean, I don't know how I didn't notice the first time I watched it that he shouldn't have died because his mother was get like right. yeah. I don't I, but now I'm like that that doesn't track. Like yeah. I don't understand. But if you just turn your brain off and watch it, it's it's fucking it's mm. good. You know what I mean? It's fine. But if you think too much about it, it does start to fall apart. Yeah. I think that's fair. But I mean, there's a lot of movies that I think can be that. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, yeah. And it makes it difficult to watch with a critical eye because then you start noticing shit yeah. and start <laughs> picking away at it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man. But I mean, it's it's one of those movies that I really enjoy. As I said at the top, it just works so much better as a double feature. Mm-hmm. It's very oh, hard yeah. to judge it on its own for me. Yeah. No, because it's a perfect double feature. Right. Yeah. That's why it's hard. It's literally like a companion piece. It is. But I do agree. I mean, I do love a lot of aspects of it, but it does drop the ball in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know where maybe just the story could have been. It's more a matter of the villains. I want to know more. Yeah. yeah. Because explain to me what the motivation is, especially for Parker's mother. Why does she yeah. want this so bad? Yeah. What the what the fuck is yeah. her deal? You know? But I guess that can lead us into ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I enjoy this film a lot. It's a matter of James Wan, Lee Winnell. Right. Mm-hmm. Great duo. Uh, two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, it's the aesthetic of it, uh, what they do with their budget, mm-hmm. because this movie did not cost a lot of money. Right. I mean, it's $5 million. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. But, no uh, shit. For a film, it's really not that much. I have to call out Patrick Wilson, because I feel like he's not only having a good time, yeah. but I feel like he's really the only actor who has a chance to stand out in this film. Right. He is. Unfortunately, that's true. It's kind of a bummer, but at least he got the shine. Yeah. Because yeah. he does shine. He does. And I do enjoy the music and the lighting. And the expanding on the further and the mythology. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of fun. And they get into it even more in the sequels. I will say that they did just set up something here at the end of this film that I thought they were going to revisit immediately in the third film. Yeah. D- no. They were like, you thought. <laughs> yeah. Psych. But on the negative side, I think it's really down to Parker's backstory. Mm-hmm. And kind of the motivation for the villains. Yeah. And I mean, it is, uh, it's a little problematic. It is. Mm-hmm. And as good as it is, and as good as a companion piece as it is, in all honesty, it doesn't hit like the first one. It doesn't. No. But for me, out of 10 torn out teeth, I am going to give Insidious Chapter 2 seven torn out teeth out of 10. If it was on its own, for me, I, I don't. The issue is the double feature situation. Right, right. I watched them back to back and I had more of an appreciation mm-hmm. for both films because of it. Yeah. Right. And so I went no, up that to a makes seven. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, probably maybe in a normal world with just this film, it might have been a 6.5. Right. Yeah. But I'm going with a seven. Anyway, I will now open the floor to you. I, I, uh, I feel the same way. I do like what they did with these movies as far as like stories and then like the, the way they're explaining the further and uh, ghosts and whatever. Like I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the movie, it is better appreciated watching it out right after the first one. For sure. Uh, I do like that. They pick up immediately from the end mm-hmm. and then keep going. Cause I also like that Halloween too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it do- I feel like doing that, 
not every movie can work that way, but when you can make it work, it it's fucking phenomenal for sure. Um, and I feel like this movie does do that if watched back to back. Uh, on its own, yeah, it's a little confusing, and um, but I would recommend watching this movie. I will watch this movie again. Like you were saying, you know what was going on with Parker, and I, it was it was a little weird and confusing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would also like to know more about his mom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let's see that demon. Yeah, what's going or what she turned into or why this is happening. That would be very interesting, and I'm sure they could do a lot of crazy shit with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, well, I'm sure they'll there's going to be another Insidious down the line or something because there's what four now or yeah. So I'm I, I'm did they end it or is it they did not end it because there's a new one coming out that they're going to film soon I believe the the story is from Lee Winnell okay and it's going to be directed by Patrick Wilson oh wow Ooh, I'll be there okay yeah, yeah. I'll oh, be there well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but I do enjoy this movie and like I said you know if you haven't watched it I do recommend watching it and the double feature thing is right you're you hit it the nail right on the head it's best to watch them back to back um. So on a scale from one to ten, torn out teeth, I'm gonna give Insidious Chapter Two a seven point five. Right. Uh, I I do enjoy the movie. You know, like I said, the further and the way they did everything, and it does look beautiful. You yeah. know what I mean? The movie looks great, but it yeah, on its own, it's a bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with y'all. I just want to shout out Patrick Wilson's performance oh, yeah. again, mm-hmm. and really just throw in again my disdain for how lazy they got with Parker and yeah. his mother. Um, I think I was pretty clear pointing out the stuff that didn't work for me or the <laughs> stuff that didn't really make sense to me. But again, this isn't bad, especially when you're watching it with the first one. Mm-hmm. And I will say that my score went up a little bit because of that scene in the further that ties into the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just really chef's kiss. Like that for me is the best part of the entire film because you're like fuck like yeah. i know i know this yeah. part it's honestly brilliant it really is real quick i don't mean to cut you off but i no. i know a lot of people like the paranormal activity movies do get bad as they go mm-hmm. and the marked ones there's one there's one thing in that movie that saved that movie for me because of something like that oh, and okay. it was like one thing i was like okay I, I'm fine with the way everything else was because of this. Okay. I, I so gave I up get before it then, how, so yeah, I get it, it how that doing, executing that good. Yeah. Is it can, can save it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically I would just be echoing what you guys already said, but on a scale from one to 10 torn out teeth, I also gave insidious chapter two, a seven. Oh, um, I remembered liking it more mm-hmm. than I actually did end up liking it watching it right Mm -hmm. but it's still fun it still makes for a really great sequel yeah it's just uh some of the writing for me was like wait what the overdub (laughs) the overdub really (laughs) from the first scene i was like hold the fuck on like nah -uh." i watch a lot of anime so So i didn't give a (laughs) (laughs) shit well that's all from us at pod mortem what would you rate insidious chapter two and what should we watch next let us know on twitter at the pod mortem don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, while your talents may open doors for you, be wary of what might be waiting on the other side. 
Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Windigo Getter patrons. Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you, you, Chapter Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huston, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy Fifty Four, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy. Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Danielle Peralta, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Alex Schultz, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, and Gary Horton. Thank you all so much. The gang's all here. Oh, yeah. We truly want to thank you all and just want to let you know that with all your support, there is no telling how much further we could go. (laughs) But without the demons. Yeah, I don't want any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time.